But like, I mean, why, why crucible? Like, why do you hate yourself? I you know, crucible. did you lose a bet with yourself? Are you angry with yourself? No, because I feel, I feel, I feel that you are. You know, and I feel that we should have an intervention and step in on your behalf. Like, look, you don't, you think you play crucible, but nobody plays crucible. You know, they do. It's, it's, lots no, it's of not, it's not lots of people play crucible. It's not a thing. It is. Okay. There's, I tell you what, there's Some graphs people play and crucible. charts. Bungie have provided graphs and charts. Parody would be proud this week. <laughs> oh, really? Crucible. <laughs> you know how much he likes an X and Y axis graph chart? Mm. Just that he's not here to help go through it. So, Speaking of helping, I'm surprised you didn't get a third. We don't need a third. We are more than capable. Okay, hey. I'm more than capable of dragging you <laughs> Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. Dedicated in bringing you all the latest information, news, and opinions. This is the best show for new and veteran guardians alike, where we share tips, tricks, and tools to help you succeed and enjoy playing even more. So with all that said, let me hand you over to your host, the triumph-hunting titan night demon, the pink-panted pansy, Perotti, and your hunter-master-ager, Mr. No-One Respawns in real life! My cough is slowly going. My cough is slowly going. Better than quickly coming. Eh? Eh? I've been suffering with it for about three weeks now. Every, every week on the podcast. I was in a coughing fit last week, and Perry was like, man, you need to go and get that sorted out. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's slowly going. I'm... I'm I'm taking medicine and the medicine tastes like feet. It's it's horrible. I'm not I'm not having it anymore. I'd just rather ride it out. Um, well, welcome to my life. Well, you know that horrible kind of thick cough syrup that just tastes like it's they've put sweetener in it, but you can't mask the fact that it tastes like feet. It's just like, oh I'm gonna be sick because I'm putting this in my throat. Can you can you make that sound again? I'm not entirely sure. Uh how you make that noise? What, what, no. what, 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 what does it sound like again? No, I can't. Come on, no. I mean, no. It's for scientific purposes. We need to know just, for the just future. Re- rewind it. It's, <laughs> it's a. It is a struggle being responsive. At least somebody appreciates it. All right, somebody yeah. out there. Well, no, and I, hang on, it's a struggle being me carrying respawn. Carrying you? I'm sorry. I'm carrying you. I've lived with that cough for, since 2007. I've lived with that cough that you're describing. And yeah. it gets worse every year. Yeah. And you have a simple taste of what I go through on the daily. And you're like, oh, no, no. it's rough being me. Really? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't have a simple taste of it. I have it every week on the podcast. The listeners that aren't here for the live podcast don't get to hear you cough because I edit every single cough out of whatever you're yeah, but the live action people know how much I cough, so... You do, yeah. Yeah. So, welcome to the show this week. Hi, show. It's it's Night Demon and Respawn. It's the Night Demon Respawn show this week. And yes, we yes. have a plethora of information and... Big words. Yes. Knowledge. We have to pass on to you that you should know. We do, Yeah, we do. I mean, th- there has been something literally every day since, I think, Monday... I think Monday was a day that Joe Blackburn took to Twitter and put out a, a heartfelt video. 
Then I think maybe we had Tuesday off, but maybe there was some Destiny drama on Tuesday. Who knows these days? There's always Destiny drama. Wednesday, we had the developer insight with the season 22 weapon preview. Then we had Thursday with This Week in Destiny. And then yesterday, Friday, we had the Artifact Perk preview. Yeah, there's there's been lots of stuff this week. Okay. So... You and I'm going to tell Respawn all about it. He's going to live react to all of this and ask questions, and I'm not going to know the answers because <laughs> nobody knows the answers to any of these things. What? You have not only listened to it, you've created an entire 17-page document um, referring to it. So you absolutely... If anybody knows what they're talking about, it's, it's going to be you. It's got to be. Well, I, I've, I've created a document. I've watched a couple of videos. There, uh-huh. there was a really cool video by Cool Guy that broke down the weapon preview, which was quite yep. cool, and went over. He actually went into the graphs and like explained what the graphs meant. That one does. What I thought we'd kind of start off with was that the Twitter post or the Twitter video that is it X these days? Is it X or is it Twitter? Are we still referring to it as Twitter as a community? Oh, it's X, previously known as Twitter. Although with all these new rules that have come out, it's basically Twitter again. So, is it like Prince when Prince decided he wasn't going to be called Prince and we went to something like Taff Cap and then he went back to Prince? <laughs> so you went to what? Wasn't it Taff Cap? It was something like the artist formerly known as Prince. And yeah, but they, it, it, they wasn't, it wasn't Taff Cap. It was, he was just a symbol. His name was a symbol, which in its own right is hilarious. No, but but... no I'm sure at one point he went Taff Cap and then it went to symbol and then it went back to Prince. Or did I it never remember. go back to Prince? I don't remember it all, dude. What the hell's a Tavcap? It's the artist formerly known as Prince. Uh-huh. Get with the times. I'm so sorry. So, ex-Twitter, Joe Blackburn, game director uh, for yeah. Destiny 2, put out a really heartfelt video, basically in, in response to the state of the game and the community feedback. And I was listening to a kind of a couple of other podcasts on this, uh, Destiny Community Podcast, and they were questioning why Why do you think Joe decided he was going to take to Twitter and put out this video? And I think Miss 5000 Watts kind of summed it all up with the fact that when you've got big YouTubers that aren't even invested in Destiny or associated with Destiny putting out videos about the state of the game of Destiny and referring to how bad it's got with that state of game, as a game director, you're maybe thinking, this has gone far beyond the reach of just our Destiny players. Maybe I, I need to kind of take some time, reflect on what this feedback is, and then go to the community and say, right, this is what we're going to do to help. So I think that's the kind of basic gist from the community is that, you know, it needed to be done. And it was a really heartfelt video. And Respawn says he hasn't watched it. So I'm going to tell him all about it. And if you are interested in it, I will link the video in our show notes. But Basically, the TLDR of it was to give us some reassurance about Destiny and, as a whole, going forward. So Joe did talk a bit about his excitement for the upcoming showcase on the 22nd and wanted to let everybody know that the reveal will be focusing on the final shape and Season 22 and what's to come in Destiny 2. Okay, He did mention that there was an upcoming Zura revamp with HUD improvements that are planned for the future, but they won't be discussing that at the showcase. But again, it's, it's throwing those little tidbits out there for us to kind of go, ooh. We, we we would find that interesting, but maybe other people might not find that interesting. Are you interested to know that Xur's coins and strange coins might be getting an update respawn? 
I'll be very interested to see what it does, but I mean, it's getting updated. Cool. What's it going to do? Are we going to have better exact? Like, okay, so what does it mean for new players versus veterans, right? Now, veterans that have most of the exotics, does it mean anything to us? Probably not. Unless we can specify the armor that we want to re-roll, that'd be cool, right? Now, for new players that don't have exotics, it's probably going to mean more to them, but as far as, you know... No, I think new players coming into the game are kind of swamped with exotics these days. I mean, if you've got three... If you create three characters and you go through the game and just play the ritual playlist, you can get nine like exotics each week from just playing the core playlists, let alone having to go off and do the other things that they say that are now exotics only. Then you've got Lost Sectors and Vex incursions on the Amuna and things like that. There are so many exotics being thrown at you, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I, I think an update to Zer would be kind of needed because whether well, they're well, talking about 30th well, well, anniversary... They would do, though. Like, in your opinion... Actually, no. Scratch that. I don't want to know what you think they're going to do. I want to know what you think they should do. What what should Zer do? In a perfect world, what is a Zer? Well, Zer should really be like Destiny 1 Zer and be one of the only places that you can get an exotic. I think with them throwing exotics at everybody all the time, it's kind of lessened the exotic, the excitement about getting an exotic. The only kind of uh, excitement you kind of get these days is going through a raid for like the first three or four or five times and you get that raid exotic to drop. That's the kind of only excitement you but see. Three people- or four or five times to get a raid exotic? What race are you playing? No, but you know what I mean? <laughs> if you do get it within those kind of three, four, five, that's when you sit, when you get to your stage of like, I've played 2000 versions of the deep stone crypt and I still haven't got the rocket launcher. That's when you see people go, Oh, thank God I've got that. It's um, I'm talking about the excitement behind the exotics. Uh-huh. You remember destiny one, when you got an exotic to drop suddenly randomly in, in a, at the end of a Christmas. Oh, in destiny one getting exotic felt exotic. Cause you would, what it had a 0.5 chance of dropping any exotic, yeah, right? Exactly. Any, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, so yeah, outside of like like in D one, I never got a raid exotic ever, ever, right? So then, that's how bad then, my raid exotic luck was back there. But like, yeah, I mean, even even regular exotics, man. You saw that Ingram drop. You like the the party knew you got an exotic drop. You know, yeah. there was there was excitement happening. You know. Yeah. And then you pick it up and you're like, yeah, I got a Zalo Supercell. Or, oh, man, I already had this armor. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It, you didn't have random armor rolls. It was it was what you get, you know? Maybe it'd be along the lines of, at the moment in Destiny 1, towards the end, we got, like, uh, Zer would offer you, like, I think it was needles. I can't remember the name of the needles now and motes of light and you could re-roll your exotic armor to try and get a stat roll that you wanted to fit in with your playstyle. Yep. oh that's right you did have random rolls i forgot you yeah. could maybe that's what they're going to kind of introduce that rather than keep throwing exotics at everybody maybe they'll give zer a purpose of like you could go there like you did with the exotic cipher thing you could only do it like once a week but maybe you can pick one armor piece and you have like three rolls at it each week with zer you can use your coins or whatever it is with Zer and do that. Whether they're talking about Zer as the visiting kind of Zer in the tower or on any of the destinations, or they're talking about the 30th anniversary Zer, we don't know because that's all he alluded to. And he said, it's not going to be in your showcase. 
So it's going to come further down the line and we'll probably find out, I'd say probably nearer December when it's coming up to the time of the final shape and they go, right, this is what we're going to do for updates for this, this and this. So it, it's probably a long way off, but I think it's it's just one of the things that he's kind of thrown out there. So, you know, we'll tell you a little bit about it. Well, we'll give you a sneak peek. <clears throat> we're not tell you anything about it as they've been doing lately. Yeah. But something interesting that he did say was that Showcase will be discussing how the live service model of Destiny 2 will evolve following the conclusion of the final shape. Because that is interesting. So with that, I'm, I'm thinking that an evolution of the live service game is it's definitely going to change from how we do now. So we buy the year's content with the four seasons in that year. And like, say if we're going to buy, we purchased the Witch Queen. We got Witch Queen and the four seasons with dungeon packs and things, if you bought the full lot. So may, and you could then also buy a la carte. So you could also buy the Witch Queen. And then further on down the line, if you wanted to skip a season, you could just say, right, I want to opt into this season. Or I want to opt into that season. Or I want to buy a dungeon key maybe they're going to change it into an actual live service game with subscriptions, a bit like World of Warcraft. How would you feel about that? No. Just no? Just, just no. There's a reason <laughs> I never got into WoW, and that was the main, main, main reason right there was the subscription fee. Absolutely not. No. I bought your game. I expect to play the game, right? Now, it, if that subscription included from that point forward all DLCs, all dungeon keys, all this, all that, or whatever, that would make sense. Okay, yeah. sure. I'm paying you to develop these things. You're giving me these things. Let's go, right? But if you're going to tell me that I need to pay just to have access to your game, and then I have to pay for every DLC, every every change that you make to the game, going to have to pass, bro. Sorry. Not sorry. Hmm. Well, I suppose it depends on what they offer as as a kind of solution to, right, we're moving away from this model and then we're moving into this model. So if, if for instance, it's what we get now with like mm-hmm. seasons, but maybe the seasons are longer and we get various different things in those seasons and PvP get maps, Gambit maybe gets maps or updates to it, but the fact that they could generally make more money or make it better for the players to subscribe to the game rather than kind of rather than kind of how we do it now kind of thing. Right. I think the the problem is at the moment because Bungie is classed in a certain kind of in a certain kind of way as a free to play game to get into, I think it might be hard for them to move into a subscription based model because what would you then class as the free to play or would they move away from free to play? post final shape are they going to say right up to final shape that is destiny 2 blah 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 you can vanilla whatever yeah yeah, it's free to play for that but then going forward and maybe cutting off like they did with the previous generations when we were on the 360s and the playstation 3s i think it was rise of iron wasn't it that was the cutoff so you could play up to that point and you could still do that you can go go back now and play on an xbox 360 and a playstation 3 up to the point of Rise of Iron. So there is one version of Destiny 1 out there that is that. Then the Xbox Ones and the PlayStation 4s then carried on post Rise of Iron up to the end of Destiny 1 and then Destiny 2. So maybe Destiny 2 with the final shape will say, 
we're going to cut off the OG Xbox ones and the PlayStation fours. And moving forward, it's only going to kind of be PC and the newer generation of consoles, PlayStation five, Xbox series X and S kind of things. So maybe they can get around it that way is that if it's moving forward in generations, there's a different way to kind of go forward in destiny. Okay. Um, a lot of speculation there, but still not really one of the subscription based anything, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I played, if I've played your game, I've played your game, you know, that's how, you know, that, that, that sounds like a gotcha game, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give you all this stuff, but then, you know, uh, you have to subscribe if you want all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I've already paid your game. You know what I'm saying? We're good. Well, we will find out at the showcase, which is only a couple of days from now. So maybe only one day from when you download and hear this. So that's possible. Yeah. We are, we are right at the cusp of the new, we are the new hotness, right? We're right there. So everybody's all about destiny's dead. Destiny's dead. Destiny's dead. Well, Maybe in a day or two it won't be. We'll see. You know, it's, def- it's definitely not. Joe yeah, did say no. that alongside Dan, Destiny 2's general manager, he will be live on set for a post-show question and answers of like important answering some important questions. The showcase mm-hmm. has already been recorded. It's already in the can. It's ready to go. So it'll be like a thirty-minute, forty-five-minute sh- showcase, and then they'll cut live to the studio and. Dan and Joe will be answering some questions from the community about. But are they going to actually answer questions, or are they going to say, "Sorry, we're not answering this question, or this question, or this question, or this question, or this question"? Like last time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's only going to be questions that are going to be directed about the final shape, Cade, of course, uh, season twenty-two. As we don't know what season twenty-two is yet, we are still sticking to season of the redacted at the moment. And it's season 22 up until they tell us what the season is. And obviously, obviously there's some kind of reason why they haven't told us the name. I mean, it's not as simple as season of the deep with season of the deep. We were able to speculate. They might reveal something that they don't want revealed. Yeah. I think they're going to two and two together kind of thing. Yeah. I think we're going to go into the showcase. They're going to say, this is season 22. And then they'll move into the final shape because that would probably be the best way to do it, wouldn't it? I suppose so. Yeah. Joe also went on to talk about Crucible and how their recent PvP strategy has been focused on a few on a few key areas, including <laughs> foundational sandbox balancing, for example, making sure that Strand came out in a great place for PvP and lives in harmony with the rest of the other subclasses in Crucible. They wanted to continue putting out two weapon balances and updates each season, one alongside the launch of the season and then one mid-season, which we have been kind of getting pretty regularly, which is quite nice. Sure, I'll give you that. Updating the PvP ritual weapon pools at the beginning of each season, which they have been doing, making one new map and additional reprise map ports each year, which, to be fair, they have been doing. Mm-hmm. Slow, but surely that's what we've been getting. But he did go on to say that ultimately that plan isn't the type of support that PvP is producing the Crucible experience that players have come to expect from Bungie. Which it isn't. And that was the kind of one of the main things from the community feedback was like, we see you making modes. We see you doing one new map a year. We see you doing one reprise mode. Uh, one map a one, year. Golly. One reprise map a year. It's like, we want to play PvP and we want maps. So, yeah. 
for next so is year. He gonna, is he gonna is he gonna give everybody permission to do their own maps? Like I said the whole time. For next year, Bungie's no. plan is to change the map release strategy from a slower rollout to a single map pack that comes out in one drop later on in 2024. So it's a map pack of maps. We're getting maps. We're getting PvP maps. Is that maps. one of those things that they're going to charge you for? Or is that Available just the game? free to all players. Oh, okay, okay. When they're talking about map packs, how many maps do you think is a reasonable size for maps? Historically packs? speaking, it's usually five. Five, five maps coming back, you know, based on other games that I've played with a similar archetype. Yeah. Four yeah. to five. Yeah. Four I think okay. if they, if they give three, I think the community aren't going to be happy unless it's going to be like, you'll get three. Three would now. be low though. Like, you'll get three now and then three in another three months might kind of keep the community going. Okay. Okay. We see where you're coming. We'll keep it coming. Keep it coming. So yeah, we, everybody's going to get free maps in one drop later on in 2024. Now, I think this is a response to the community feedback because this seems to kind of pivot from what they were saying in the state of the game for where they kind of weren't set up to do this. He's now saying that there will be a a strike team that is designated to building these maps (laughs) and sorting out Crucible, which is what people have wanted. So they've had to take resources from the rest of the game and they've he admitted, you know, this is what the community wants, so we will do what the community kind of would like in that kind of, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but again, man, I'm telling you, like, they would save themselves so much trouble if you just let people build their own stuff, you know? Yeah, well, just, you, you might actually be able to get to ask Joe himself that question at some point. Yeah. Yeah. He said wonder, the, the the only thing that I can think of. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but I've thought about this a lot, and the only thing that I could possibly think of is somehow, given the players the ability to build their own maps has been trademarked by um, Halo. That's the only thing I can think of because that was a phenomenal strategy. And if they have a second game, especially a second PvP game, the fact that they haven't implemented that, there's got to be a reason. Well, apparently, it's it is a lot of resources and a lot of time. Again, I think listening to the DCP podcast, I think Miss 5000 Watts or even True Vanguard, I think it was one of those two that were saying that if it isn't already built into the game, it's a lot to try and put into the game now. So if it isn't in the game now, it's going to take a hell of a lot of resources to get that into the game. So if it's not there, we're probably not getting it. Unless you say that, but like in the beginning of Halo, it wasn't there, was it? No, I think it was one of the things that came with Halo 3. Oh, was it? Yeah. But it came with Halo 3 as, as a start. So it was in the start of Halo 3. I think so. Oh, having okay. having been there at launch of Halo 3, I, I can't remember, but I think it was. <laughs> uh, that would make more sense. Okay, I get yeah. that. I get that. But even if it's a lot of resources, yeah. maybe... How can I say this? Perhaps there's a way for them to split Destiny 2, right? So remove PvP from Destiny 2 right no. now. And have, no, hold on, let me finish. And have a second version of Destiny 2 that is only PvP, right? So when you when you load up Destiny... Oh, they've right? done that, haven't they? Have they? It's called, it's called Marathon. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. 
They listened to you. They 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 preempted you. They minority reported you. I guess so, man. I guess so. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But yeah, I was just thinking about Crucible itself. You know, when you when you start up the game, it's like, do you want to do Crucible or do you want to do you know base game or whatever, right? Yeah. Joe did say that the goal is to get away from a single installment where the map where a single map is expected to fit many different modes and gameplay styles and ends up being more generalistic experience, basically mm-hmm. having to fit one map to do all three all the things. So when they build a map like um what's the one on the throne world that we got? The the really long one. I can't remember the name of it now. I never knew the name to begin with. There you go. Well, I'm I'm sorry. I just I don't remember things like that. Names I can you describe it to me? I guess that probably won't help either. The one on the throne world, the the really long map. On the throne world. Like a PvP map? Disjunction. Yeah, that is, yes. So yeah, when they Yeah, the problem is that if if they then create a map like Disjunction, it has to fit all kind of game modes and all game types. And mm-hmm. in some modes, it doesn't seem to work. So I think that's why, if they, you know, this new shift in philosophy will allow the team to ship multiple maps together, delivering a more refreshing PvP experience all at once. And he did say it will take time. So it is a response to the state mm-hmm. of the game. The the teams are literally probably wait until the final, well, season twenty two goes live, and then they'll be shifting over to doing these PvP maps. But yeah, when you have something like Disjunction and they put it out there and the community are like, well, we don't want to play on this unless it's kind of a 6v6 big team kind of battle. It's it's no good for 3v3. It's no good for this game mode. Well, it's no it is it is 6v6 though. So yeah, that's accurate. No, but in some, some game modes, I've played on Disjunction in Survival. I've played Rift, like 3v3 Rift on it. And you imagine like having to run like half of the map to get back to the rift if you get killed. It's like, oh god, the the smaller maps are a lot better for kind of that gameplay. So yeah, because you have to carry that ball for a long. If you carry it for too long, don't you explode? Yeah, you do. Okay, so yeah, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> Joe went on to explain that the team know that new maps alone won't drastically alter the foundation of PvP, and that they need to revamp and up their strategy on modes as well. So he did talk about how the team are excited for us to get our hands on and play the two new additions coming in season 22. That's Checkmate and Relic. We discussed that last week, so that's cool. Do you remember what those ones were? Uh, Checkmate. You all ride the giant chess pieces no, like in Harry Potter. No, you don't no? do that. No, Checkmate is, is like, it reminded me of Call of Duty the way you explained it, if that's what I'm thinking of. It's more primary ammo focused. Yes, so that one. But you yes, have to yes, earn yes. your special ammo and heavy ammo. If heavy ammo, you know, abilities and supers are really slowed down and is more about the primary gunplay, which a lot of people are excited about. And relic is where you kind of get the the Aegis shield from the Vault of Glass, the Synaptic Spear, and the Scythe, and you get kills, charge up uh, your meter, then you can go and pick up your your relic and go to town like a bit like mayhem, really. And you'll probably have a short window to kind of use your relic to get kills and be killed by it. So yeah, those those are the two modes that they're quite excited for us to get our hands on. And we're excited about that. So that's cool. He did mention that there have been a few obstacles like setting up character voiceovers and a handful of bugs that have held them back from kind of... A handful of bugs? Yeah. And so, 
yeah, this is he was referring to like when they put a game mode in labs. So at the moment we've got like countdown rush, countdown. There's there's about three different versions of countdown. There's countdown rush, countdown something else, countdown something else. And we've had other game modes in the um in the in the Crucible Labs and like with Iron Banner with uh eruption and things like that. And they've had a handful of bugs and voiceover issues that that they've kind of been scared to kind of then just drop them into normal playlists. And mm-hmm. he did say that, you know, going forward, that they're gonna just make these modes available in the core playlist as soon as possible. And Maybe just ignore the fact that you know Zavala's speaking in a Crucible match and and the, you know stupid things like that that are going to cause these bugs, but not take away from the actual gameplay. These are kind of just them being perfectionists. Basically, they they don't want to release their baby into the world or into the kind of core playlist when it's not fully formed. But he was saying they'll kind of look at it, and if it's not like a, a like a a bug that's going to kind of guilt, kill the game mode. It will kind of, if it's just a voiceover dialogue I'll thing, that, that's, that. that's an issue. It's, it's going to go in there and you're going to be able to play it. So more of those will be coming soon into the core playlist. So that's quite cool. Cause I think at, at the moment here we have like, there's about three or four game modes in the normal crucible playlist opposed from like control and rumble up that are permanently up. We have a playlist that comes up each week it's just a normal crucible playlist that you can have like clash momentum control uh zone control in things and then you have the relentless crucible playlist which has like rift so why why are they called like relentless and this and that and the other is it like one six v six one's three v three one's four v four i mean why are no. they different names no there's just two different playlists because mm-hmm. control is its own playlist mm-hmm. and then they built these other two game playlists for crucible so I think one is definitely called the Relentless Crucible Playlist, and the other one's called, I think, maybe the Core Crucible Playlist. And the Core one just has different game modes that aren't kind of stupid game modes. So you'll have Clash, you'll have Zone Control, you'll have Momentum Control. And then in the other one, you'll have things like Rift, you'll have Team Scorch, you'll have Mayhem. So they've, they've broken them down like that. So I could see, like the checkmate would go into the kind of the normal playlist and the relic one would go into the kind of a bit more fun kind of playlist, which I think is really one, one, one way around or the other. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's like mm-hmm. about three or four modes in one and then four or five in the other. So they kind of, they're out of rotation now, which is quite nice so that you don't get the same game modes each week. It's a different one each week that kind of comes up. So yeah, so more of the, the modes that they do create that they've, been testing in labs will come into the normal playlist joe did go on to talk about how the team aren't really happy with the competitive division and of crucible and how they want to change how the points are gained and lost i've heard a lot of people talk about this like you you could be on a five game winning streak lose one match and you lose all the points that you've suddenly got for like five games in competitive (laughs) and joe said that the current system current personal mmr which is matchmaking rating need to be balancing as the current system is too unfair. So they even even admit that the current system is too unfair. So they've got a plan to move with a simpler system where winning and losing matters more, opposed to being dragged down by team slash matchmaking. He also said that the competitive experience should have more modes that players enjoy, like Countdown Rush, and fewer that players don't enjoy, like Rift, which he did say was going to be removed from competitive. I've also heard that people just like in, in these types of game modes, they're not showing the kill feeds, right? And yeah. they 
people people want to see their kills. You know, they want to see their kill feeds. And the fact that they're not showing up, it's like, okay, I've held the ball for this long. I don't care. Right? Or <clears throat> I picked up this many tags. I don't care. I want to know my KDA. Right? And some of these game modes, I'm, I'm not sure which ones, because again, I'm not really a player of PvP. Oh, you mean at the end of the game, which shows, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Stats, yeah. And now I'll get you, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So people want to see their KDAs, you know, the fact that they're not there angers a lot of people. And I, I, I guess I get that, right? Because, like, like I'm, a, I'm, you know, old school Call of Duty guy. I want to know how well I fragged, you know? I don't really necessarily care whether I won or lost. I just care about did I kill the most people in the lobby? Was I the slayer? Right? Things like that. And with these new game modes, the fact that they don't give you that kind of information disappoints some people. You know? They yeah. want to know what their KDA is, how well they did, you know, if they need to improve. Because is it a team-based uh, game mode? Yeah, but it also depends on individual skill levels as well. Like, as a team mate, did I do well? Or was I at the bottom of the list and I need to improve kind of thing, I guess. Right? So, yeah, I mean, just put the KDAs there. How hard is it to, to just leave them there? I mean, is it actually difficult? And I'm and I'm just talking smack about something I don't know much about, even though I do know a significant amount about programming, right? But, I mean, just, just leave it there. It's, it's just a UI upgrade. Or not upgrade, just a UI thing. You know how many you know how many people that they've killed. You keep track of all that stuff, Bungie. Just put a UI indicator to tell them how well that they did. You know, there's in my opinion, there's no reason not to. Yes, there's other factors that they want you to focus on, like you know, carrying the spark, defending the spark carrier, uh, how many dunks you've got. Sure, have all that information there as well. But just have a second page or something at the bottom of the page. Your KDA was this, you know, or. Something, I don't know, but like just not having it there at all, just in in in, in a first person shooter seems kind of ridiculous to me. You know, hmm. that's what people are there for. People are there to kill things, not to dunk basketballs. You know, yeah, but when dunking the basketballs is the way that you they get the points have that stat, for the, but it's not the yeah. only stat that matters. You know, yeah, if it's something that doesn't really matter to the game, maybe they could just tack it on at the end. Because you you get you get things like zone control where controlling the zones are the key to winning the match. So you want to kind of know who's actually controlling the zones and who's actually doing uh -huh. nothing. But those people that are actually doing nothing may be getting the kills and keeping people away. So it might be a stat that is relevant to the game. Although Bungie don't see that as the stat that is relevant. Anyway, so yeah, he responded to Crucible in a good way, uh, competitive in a good way. He then goes on to talk about the armor sets. Now, this was something that we were talking about last week, and Bungie came out in the state of the game and said, you know, we were going to give you ritual playlist sets uh, for Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit each season, but we, we didn't deliver on that. He did talk about that, and he went on to describe how each set is designed in, and defined it visually. So Aspirational Armor, which are Raids, dungeon and Raids Dungeons, and Trials, should be flashy and represent the core of what these experiences mm -hmm. offer. Players should feel proud to wear this armor. Yeah, get that? Cool. Eververse armor should be armor that you can buy with silver or bright dust. Should feel more like armor that breaks the mold. Eververse is a place to experiment with things that are unexpected in Destiny. People who own this armor should feel like their purchases were worth it. So yeah, yeah I mean, like, like, like if somebody wants to be, you know, Godzilla, for example, I should have that right to be Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. 
but then do you not think if they suddenly start like putting Batman armor in the 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 Eververse store or or some you, other you know, like, every hunter in the game would be Batman. <laughs> that, actually, yeah, that would be pretty cool. But if yeah, if you're going to put characters in, or would you rather be Superman, or is it just anybody with a cape? Well, probably anybody with a cape, but some Supermans don't have a cape, you know. Or you can have like uh, what was his name, Mister? Hold on. He was made of pure energy, right? He was, he was just a big ball of light that could be like the Titans. What is it, Mr. Manhattan? Was that his name? Yeah, that's from the Watchmen, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he was just pure energy, you know, just, just complete uh, force of destruction. And, you know, what fits a Titan better than that? Right? So, or, or, they, yeah. or you could have like different variations of Batman suits. You could have Batman in the Eververse store. You could have like classic Batman for the hunters. You could have like that big chunky armor suit that like Ben Affleck wore in Batman versus mm. Superman for the Titans. Um, and you could have something else for the Warlock, something Batman esque. Robin, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so Eververse should be things that aren't necessarily in the game, which kind of gets them around the fact that they then can do their tie-ins with like Assassin's Creed and God of War and other Sony properties and all other things that they kind of might want to do across promotion. Yeah, I mean obviously you don't want to break you don't want to break copyright laws and this and that and the other, but you know well, no. there's a lot of things you can get that make it look close to Batman and just let our imaginations finish it well, off. I think I think by the way that he's setting these things out and yes we Aspirational armor, raids, dungeons, and trials, you know, should be flashy and represent the core of what these experiences offer. But I think mm. with him saying about the Eververse armor, where you can buy it for silver and bright dust, should feel like armor that breaks the mold, is his way of getting around or saying to us that we will put silly stuff in there. It may not necessarily have anything to do with Destiny, but if it looks cool and you want to buy it, it's there to buy and you can wear it in the game and it'll be worth yeah. it. And like somebody pointed out to me this past weekend, Fortnite, for example, right? Fortnite has Optimus Prime as an armor. You know? Oh, they, they've got so they've got so many armors. I mean there's Rick and Morty, there's Star Wars. <laughs> they have Rick and Morty. What else did that, <laughs> my kids were playing? I mean That's awesome. DC characters, Marvel characters. Uh I think there was like some anime characters in there. I I, I honestly I, I, I lose track of when they tell me that there's a new skin in Fortnite. So yeah, there's I'd like to play that game. And they all have their kind of different styles. So Optimus Prime will be kind of a robot style robot, whereas then he'll be you could stand him next to like the cartoon version of like the Clone Wars Anakin from Star Wars. And it's like they look completely different and weird in this world, but somehow it works. But so we also have narrative armor, and its armor shows shown in their trailers, season pass armor, campaign armor, and this is thematic and built to drive home the specific fantasy and moment in the a moment in time. So that kind of goes along with us playing the game and getting that kind of armor. Like this season we've got that armor that's got kind of all the tubes on it, for like deep diving and things like that. It kind of it's the theme of the season. You might not necessarily want to wear it all the time, but it may kind of help you put a build together to look like Bane. So I think Spider Sides did a a Titan Bane looking outfit. So you can go and check that out. But yeah, it's things like that where kind of that they show in their trailers that kind of go along with the theme of whatever the season is or whatever the, the, um, 
the story's doing at that point in time. And then you have the Rituals and Blues, which are your Vanguard, Crucible and Gambit and armor sets. And these re- represent the core Guardian fantasy. And what does the Guardian on the front lines of battle look like? I thought that we get rid of the, those armor sets. Yes, but he was just defining those. This is... He, he went on to explain that due to a shift in 2022, the team re-evaluated their armor priorities to focus more on armor that people earned in aspirational content like Trials and Raids. And that had a mm-hmm. knock-on effect in resulting in fewer ritual armor sets being created, and they failed to communicate this to the community early on. So mm. he just him going through, like, this is, in our heads, this is what, you know, each armor set is created for this, this, and this. So if we're putting more time and effort into making you look flashy and represent the core of the experiences and make you want to kind of do those core experiences then the ones at the bottom like the blues and the ritual stuff is the thing that kind of got left behind we didn't communicate that to you and they've admitted that a couple of times to say look we are sorry but he did come back with with an olive branch on this one as an apology he didn't say it was an apology but it is an apology, basically. Mm-hmm. He went on to explain that they have converted one Eververse set of armor from Season 22 into a ritual armor set that anyone can earn before the end of the season. So this is one armor set that was originally going into Eververse for you to buy. Isn't it like So it's armor that feels like it breaks the mold and it's going to be worth it to purchase it kind of armor. is going to be available in Crucible, Gambit and Strikes. See, that sounds good on paper, but what if it's like the worst set that they had in Eververse and they're just <laughs> pawning it off because they know no one's going to buy it? No, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that's going to be the case. You know it's not going to be the case. It is well, a one-off. Sorry, I know that. How do I know that? You know this. Because you have a real good track record of giving us what we want? No, but when they, when they go out on a limb and make an apology, I think they've done this a couple of times where they've gone, right, we messed up, have this, and everyone's gone, this is really cool. And they were like, yeah, that was going to be over there when you were meant to pay for it, but we've decided to give it to you for free. They've done it a couple of times, and I can't remember off the top of my head where and when, but maybe I'll make a note for this one. Neither can I, neither can I which is making me kind of wonder a little bit if that's true. But my memory can't be trusted, so I believe you. Makes you wonder, <laughs> if it was one specific armor set that was in Eververse, surely it had its own, it just had one look for each of the characters they've now then got to create that and put it into like maybe different color sets for vanguard crucible and gambit or is it going to be one set you can earn across all of them that look very similar or maybe i think that they'll have to create kind of different color sets for them and make them maybe put a a, a kind of shader on it to make it look differently like like they have done at the the weapons no, you know, like the armor set that's currently been there for a couple of seasons, the one that looks the same everywhere you go. So if you go to the Vanguard, it looks the same as the one in Crucible and the one in Gambit. Mm, but mm-hmm. say like the Gambit is green, the Crucible one's got red, and the Vanguard one's got blue and orange on it. Yeah, so I mean, like, the, like the ritual weapons that we've been yeah. playing with too. Yeah. So it'll have that kind of coloring, possibly. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Mm-hmm. That's all he said so far. We'll have to wait until season 22 drops to have a look at it. So that's going to be interesting. He also then went on to say the same thing that they said in the state of the game. The team has also plans to ship a new ritual set alongside the final shape next year. So those vendors, the Crucible Gambit and Crucible Gambit and Strikes, will also be getting a refreshed set from what they've got currently available. 
Joe rounded out his video by talking about communication and how Bungie want to continue to have a transparent, open line of communication with the community whilst keeping their team safe. Because there's been a lot of things of threats, teams get, really, get threats yeah. and, and teams getting members getting attacked and them having to take people to court. So no one wants that. We shouldn't have to say this, but that's not cool, man. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think anybody that listens to the general like the general community of Destiny podcasts, like anybody that listens to the Al Sector Alliance podcast, anybody that listens to DCP, anybody that listens to The Last Word, anybody that listens to Massive Breakdown, I don't think these people are the ones that are being toxic in the community. These are the ones that just are just toxic in their own right. They just and they go out of their way to cause issues and be nasty online. And you they just I don't think they're in these communities. I really don't. But, I mean, it's just like, you see it more and more often. You've seen it with Destiny. I never thought I'd see it with Destiny, right? But you see it, for example, with Snow White, that the actress is getting death threats and whatnot. Okay, if you don't think that she should be Snow White, fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But your opinion, just because you don't like something, should not end in a death threat. I mean, what did somebody like that do to you, honestly, that they would deserve a death threat? What did Joe Blackburn do that would deserve a death threat? Even if he irritated you, even if he didn't give you what you wanted in the way that you wanted it, you really think that deserves a death threat? No. What if everybody that you know who didn't like a thing that you did made death threats on you, right? Your wife doesn't like the way you stacked the garbage on the curb. You know what? You're getting a death threat. What what says it? Why is my thing, you know? Respawn will be one of the first people to yell at you. I'll give you that, right? I'm quick to anger, but I'm not quick to death threats. That serves no purpose to anybody, you know? And on no. top of that, you kind of make yourself look like an ass, if we're being honest, you know? Making a death threat over something so stupid, I, something I so... I don't think it's anybody in, like, the the general communities that... It really shouldn't not... be anybody at all, unless you're, like, mentally, like, really mentally deficient. You know, a death threat should not be your go-to thing to anybody, you know? No. I mean, it. Ha I mean, no game is going to be perfect. Even games no. that have been around for a while, like you have your your Diablos and you have your Call of Duties and you have your this and that. And you have your, uh, what's the one with the Optimus Prime again? Fortnite, right? Uh, and you have your other ones like, uh, what was it called? The one that's like Fortnite, but you don't build buildings to climb on. PUBG? PUBG, thank you. You got all those games, right? I'm sure all of them have had at least a season where maybe the meta was something that you didn't like, right? Well, you take a break for the season, but you don't get angry at the game. You just be like, you know what? This isn't for me. Let's see what they have next season, right? Mm -hmm. There's no reason to get angry at the game. Destiny's been out for a while. It's probably going to be out for a while still, right? There's no reason to be literally upset at the game or at the devs or whatever, you know? And I know I've yelled at the devs. Don't come at me. I've yelled at the devs because, you know, sometimes they deserve a stern talking to. But it doesn't mean you have to be mad at the game, like, indefinitely, like, oh, I hate the game and the game sucks and the game is dead and this and that. Just wait a season. Next season might be better, you know? I've had a season where I just took a break and I'm like, you know what? I'm not saying this is like a PvP-focused season and I'm not for it. I'm going to go do something else. And then the next season I came back, I was like, this is amazing! You know? Just give it time, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just give it time. I mean, he does say that no one at Bungie should have to worry about their personal safety. But he reiterated that to protect the team... Bungie will continue to use their branded at Destiny 2 teams, Twitter and Reddit accounts to share more insight with the community. 
He also mentioned that he will be streaming Destiny 2 in the near future so that the community can join in and get more of these types of candid updates. So to me, that says that if he's streaming and he's actually chatting along to the community with like chat and things, we can actually ask him reasonable questions about the game and give him feedback about the game, which is quite nice. Hopefully without the, the pursuing death threats, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, if he's, do, if he's doing it by himself, he's going to need a lot of good moderators in there. It's yeah. Like, Someone to, to filter these questions or whatever. But yeah. yeah. Come on, guys, be classy. Don't, don't, don't do stupid things. That's, that's not cool for anybody. So he, he will let the community know when the first one is, and um, it'll be kicking, kicking off next season. Huzzah. And, and that's the 15-minute update breakdown video that he probably went quicker through it than we have just done. But I kind of... Yeah. <laughs> well, his was 15 minutes. Ours was one hour and four minutes. <laughs> no, we, we've been talking other stuff before that. Sure. So are, are you happy with what Joe said in the, his video and and the information that he gave out is i'm not is unhappy that... with it a lot of his stuff is i mean a lot of pvp stuff i'm indifferent to i understand where he's coming from but it's just it's not my bag you know no but like to other people that's that's important stuff that he said so yeah i'm glad he addressed some things people were complaining about because people complaining about anything you know just gets old like oh he didn't discuss this about another well, I'm sure he had a lot on his plate to discuss and he could only do so much, you know? Yeah, I mean, and he actually took the time to step away from actually getting, like, showcase stuff ready, the season 22 ready, the, like, final shape stuff, to actually mm -hmm. sit down and go, right, I've made some notes, we're going to talk about this, I'm just, it's going to be, like, it's nothing scripted, it's just going to be, I'm talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, this is me talking to you kind of thing. And I think it, it, was it took... That, that that okay no if it wasn't scripted that says a lot right that says not only did he take his time out but he came unprepared to give you raw opinions you know? i mean he, he had a notes of, a lot scribbled of down but yeah yeah and he's he's the game director so i think you know he he decided right don't come at the team come at me i'm going to tell you you know this is this and that so yes I, I you know props to the guy for actually taking the time to actually explain stuff to people and actually get say right we're going to rectify this which is good i mean i'm happy about the competitive thing because it's one thing that i want to play competitive because i want to see how good i am but when like, i do i go in there and i play and i get knocked down like three games and i don't get any points or i get min minimal amount of points and it's like i just i'm it, it's disheartening i understand that i should just get better at the game which is fair enough but Good it trip. is still disheartening to go in there and just get slammed and slammed and slammed. Oh, so dude, it is. Especially, I, like, appreciate, like, I appreciate them taking the time to look at the competitive division because it is something that, you know, if if I'm good at, then I think the, the first season that I went in and did like my, I think you have to do like seven games to kind of get into the rotation. I think they put me like a silver three or something. And then this past season, I tried it again and I've gone up to guy. I think it's gold two or something. I've gone up in the rankings, which is quite nice. And I, I felt a bit more. One. You're on my level. Scrub. <laughs> but yeah, it made me feel better. But then, yeah, it's, I, I think it's it's something that they, they kind of needed to address because there was a lot of complaints about that. I'm happy that they are going to give us some maps. I've had a look at some of the old maps that have been vaulted. So from season one, we had Emperor's Respite, Legion's Gulch, Retribution, uh, yeah, those three, which were the Emperor's Respite was the one on the Le Leviathan on the prison barge. 
Legion Sculch was the one with the man cannons that, sh- that shot you to one or other right, side of the map. And you had that yep. big kind of, you had a drill in the middle that you could kind of walk down the bridge. That was it. And they had buildings mm-hmm. on either side. That was, I like that one. Retribution, I can't remember off the top of my head, but that was apparently a Mars map. Um, if I click on Retribution, you'll show me a picture. Okay, Retribution was the one that underhangs the ship. So you had that kind of platforms that kind of went out on the sides and yeah. you could go on the inner circle of the ship. Uh, it was like a big cabal ship. Okay. That one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, could, you could bounce around on the outside platforms. Mm-hmm. So you had that one and um, Emperor's Respite, which we knew. And then for season three, we had Solitude, which was the, which is, was it seems to be, a, oh, that was the ice cave one. So you had ice caves on one side. And then I think you had on the other side, you had that kind of cabal heat room that you could run through. And if you stayed in there too long, you died. You died. Yep. Yeah. And there was like there was a lot of rooms in, and you could go around it on the outside. So that one's been taken out as well, which is a shame because I like that one. Equinox, and then we had Firebase Echo on Nessus. That that had that kind of weird one where it had that kind of big orange screen in the middle that you had to you could jump up to go into that long walkway. It was kind of a, a really short map. Do you remember that one? It had ramps up either side that you could run along into. Anyway. I remember ramps. But I don't remember a big orange screen though. There was there was two orange screens either side that showed you this r- walkway that you could run through, um, and it was quite it was up high, so you could try and jump up into it. I think you could go through the the orange screen, and then you could go underneath it as well. So that, that was Firebase Echo, which was also taken out, and then we had Gambler's Ruin, which is the Tangled Shore and Citadel. And so those are gone. What are they coming back? Or are you just no, on, on I'm just reminiscing by. that. So, if they're talking about <laughs> if they're talking about map packs, do they bring like three or four of those do you ones? Want new ones, though. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. Do you want reprised ones or old ones, or do you want new ones? You know, I I would oh. like to honestly, I would like to see some from Destiny One. Funny enough, I actually clicked on and loaded up Destiny One the other day just to see what the maps were, and I remember like apparently there is a puzzle that has still never been solved on one of the PVP maps. It's called Last Exit. And there was a lot of talk online that there's a secret thing that's hidden in that map somewhere. And to this day, none of the devs will give anybody any clues as to what, what this um, secret is. And anytime they're asked, they say, we're not going to tell you. But apparently there's some secret thing in this last exit map. I'm not going to tell you because the devs over there, when they made it, are long gone and nobody remembers. <laughs> no, no, no. But that was the one kind of... Had the train station in it, you could run through the trains in Destiny One. So I'd like to see things like that that they they bring from Destiny One, like the the one that was on the ship with the zero gar- gravity. There was that one that that Parody likes to talk about. So a mixture of maybe returning ones from Destiny One, the ones that they vaulted in Destiny Two, and maybe possibly if they've got time, make a new map. But I'd like to see those kind of maps. What about you? No, I, I, I like okay. I know some of the old things make me feel good, like Zala Supercell and some of these old weapons, some of these old maps, but honestly, you know, maybe one or two nostalgic maps that like people really, really liked is okay, maybe, but I want to see new, you know? Like, 
I want to see new. I'm tired of people knowing exactly where the spawn locations are and can throw a grenade halfway across the map because he knows you're about to spawn there and the grenade's going to kill you as soon as you do, right? I, I want new maps that people haven't memorized. I want new maps that just, like, like you can take the time and, and look around and go, wow, this is actually pretty cool. Or new designs and new implementations, like, like maybe one of the maps has a train going around the map and you can stand on the train Right, and you can take pot shots at people while you're going around the map on this train. You know, maybe that's the king of the hill. Maybe the guy that can stand on the train has the best advantage, and everybody fights over who gets to stand on the train. You know, just like just weird new stuff that hasn't been done before. Maybe a rocket ship. You know, you're you're fighting on a platform before the rocket takes off, and if you don't finish the match before the rocket takes off, the engines ignite and everybody dies, and it ends in a draw. You know, just be clever with it. Have fun with it. You know. Would you like? What about old maps coming back, but the environment's been changed, which then creates different ways to get around that map. So you know where we've had things like Like reskin uh, kind of stuff. At the moment, Distant Shore is a reskin of a. I think it was a Venus map, wasn't it? I think so. Um, Where you've got B out on the platform, out on the right there. If you're spawn over by C. Uh, a is in the cave, and then you've got C kind of just on the outskirts of the other cave. So that was a kind of reskin, and just in Destiny 2. Rather than kind of a reskin, maybe have like where you can't go into the caves, but there's a like a a ledge that you can kind of jump up and down through. There's an, a different path because maybe uh, it's been exploded and things like that. So it would give you, it would be an old map returning, but it would have different layout, which would then cause it to be a sort of new map. Sure, yeah, if you want to build on something to make it bigger, let's say you have a small map, and if you go through this door, now it leads to an even larger map, but it's the same map. If you like want to do stuff like that, sure. I wouldn't mind that, because it's new. You know, yeah. it's something that wasn't there before. But if you're just talking about the exact same map with like just different obstacles or whatever, some people might like it. Some people might say, oh, I like this aesthetic better than the other one. You know? Oh, sure, some people might be into that. But, like, you know... To get my gears grinding, you'd have to like have that map, and then I don't know. You take a train. Like the first part of the map is moving, right? And you have to move forward, otherwise, you know, let's say some grinder, some chopper thing takes you out. So you're 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 pressured in some way to move forward. And when you move forward enough, now you're introduced into this whole other area that you previously didn't have, and now this is where the actual PvP takes place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just have some fun mechanic in the beginning of a match that forces you to move forward. Because that, that hasn't happened before. Everybody just drops into a PvP. I don't think that's happened in any game before, now that I'm thinking about it. Because normally you just drop into the match and you start shooting each other. But what if people started on opposite sides of the, quote, arena, and there's no one for them to shoot? But they're being pressured to move forward into the arena by some mechanic of some kind. And that would also get rid of AFK players, right? You get grinded, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> you die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a bit of yeah. you know a zamboni on each side pushing you. There you go. Some kind of giant zamb- like we had that in um <laughs> in in a, in, a, in a raid one time. There was this giant machine that that yeah, if you didn't put it, yeah. So yeah, something like that. That'd be that'd be fun. That'd be a nice implementation. I think. Right. Yeah. We just I just want something new, something never done before. This is your game, Bungie. You don't have to stick to traditional stuff. You don't have to have traditional pvp maps you don't have to have any of that you can have fun with it you know 
you can have a zero gravity map where, you know, instead of the world being mostly two dimensional with slightly three dimensional ups and downs, right? You you're in an actual three dimensional zero gravity map and you move around like you can move up, down, left and right just because let's say your suit has thrusters that goes in that direction. Right. I mean, there's nothing saying you have to stick to traditional 2D maps, make it three dimensional, you know, I think you're, I you're, mean, you're, you're way out of the box now. Not really. I mean, yeah, really. All, all they have to do is add, add an additional axis of movement, you know, you have your left, right? And, and I think they probably out. have done that in their new um, PvP game, Marathon. <laughs> you saying that? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I, I know I'm blowing smoke out of my butt. I'm saying a lot of random stuff, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, you can have fun with it. You don't have to stick to the traditional norms. And I bet if you moved away from traditional norms, that'll make your game even better. You know? Like what other game? What other PvP game on 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 this map is you know just you know straight up fight one on one, and the next map oh crap now we're in space and we have to fight each other around a falling satellite, you know to get control of the satellite before it crashes into Earth. Who knows? Who cares? Just do something new, <laughs> original, you know. Yeah. So shall we move into our weapon preview, which they dropped on Wednesday? Are you yes. interested to hear this? Have you read any of this? Do you know what's coming? No. Do you know what I'm no, Good. Raw reactions here. Respawn raw reactions. Here we go. So on Wednesday this past week, we had another developer insight for Season 22, which was the weapon preview. Bungie started off by talking about the recent mid-season balance pass, which is something they haven't done in the past, but they want to do a bit more of this in the future. So they did this by giving us a couple of charts on how the sandbox looked in the weeks leading up to the mid-season's balance pass and how it changed in the weeks following. So in the first chart, Bungie explained that hand cans are slightly edged out in usage by pulse rivals, but are the most effective weapon types holistically, excluding Vex Mythoclass. And in the second chart... Vex is neither pulse nor hand cannon. Yes. Well, <laughs> Why did they bring that up? Yeah, but yeah, ex they said excluding the Vex. The Vex is its own thing. So that was your first chart. The second chart showed the top 50 weapons broken out individually. So this was pre-patch. Uh, they pointed out that the Immortal, the trial submachine gun, made up a high percentage of not only all primary weapon kills, but also submachine gun kills. And the effectiveness was still elevated higher than they would want a weapon that far up on the scale to be. Right. I mean, it was the go-to. And if you didn't have it, people just knew that you were done. Yes. You know? Yeah. But they did also point out that the news that they were going to nerf certain weapons, like No Time to Explain and Graviton Lance, preemptively began their move downwards. So they kind of also tracked that, that where they said that they were going to nerf them, it kind of moved them down in, in what they were going to do in before the, the patch went out. We're going to do it. We're, we're going to do, do it. it. So you better go and start <laughs> using something else. Right. They don't even need a nerf. They just need to threaten a nerf. It's yeah. like, hey, guys, we're thinking about doing this. You know what? You're immortal that you got? Yeah, it's going to get nerfed. Everybody stops using it. Guys, we don't have to nerf it anymore, right? No, no, they, they still nerf them. Well, so then the next the next two were the post patch charts that they showed us. So the following two charts showed again high skill PvP usage and weapon post update, with hand cannons moving up whilst pulse rifles and SMGs trended downwards. On the top 50 weapons charted, the immortal adept, so that's the submachine gun from trials, still reigns supreme for the moment. For the moment, 
but the usage has decreased without a corresponding increase in effectiveness. They do go on to explain that they have got their eyes on certain weapons, but these charts show that there is a solid balance among the mid-range weapons in terms of effectiveness heading into Season 22. Nothing notably out of band as yet. Then we have uh, another couple of post-patch charts that they showed us. They did add a couple of interesting things to note, though. Hand cannons are comparatively much less effective when they add the lower skill levels back into the analysis. And no. if they remove the high skill from the equation, their effectiveness is negative. Instead, <laughs> exotic auto rifles are the ones higher up in the charts. Gee, so you're telling me if you remove skill from the equation... It gives you a completely different chart. Really? Yeah. So wow. us... us non-hand cannon wielding players love an auto rifle especially exotic auto rifles oh yeah definitely but who beware aim? who wants to aim Man. beware yeah. bungie will be keeping a close eye on auto rifles especially given most of them will be receiving a buff to range in season 22 mm. hard 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 edge hard what was the one that uh, it shot faster as you it was an auto rifle, not not the sweet business. It was a legendary, and it fired faster the longer you held it. There was a gamut gun. You can do it. I don't remember. It's it. been a long time. No, Breakneck. Breakneck. There it is. It had the, it's it. the only weapon that's got the onslaught. Yes, gun. onslaught. This weapon's rate yes. of fire increases as you stack up rampage, and it had rampage on it. But it, it, it is. Did a you already weapon. have that up? Were you going to talk about that? Because you. You went into details pretty quick right there. I, I have my Destiny Auto Manager up at all times. Uh, Parody yeah. and I do have a have it have loads of pay web things up ready to go when we when we start the show. But yeah. saying that, I will give you a little hint. Recently, I have been mm. playing with auto rifles that are the high impact ones. So these are the three sixty RPM ones. Now there are there are a handful of these. And I'm, I'm kind of giving this information to you, Respawn, and anybody else that kind of listens to the podcast. These high-impact frames, right? Originally, I've got things like the Half Dan D, which are Sunset, but I've got some really good rolls on that. So if, if you haven't got a Half Dan D that you've got in your vault, like me, you can go out and get a Lodbrock C or a Herod C. Now, these are all 360 RPM auto rifles. The impact is 33 across the board, but... Mm -hmm. The range on the fire slow bounces. Oh, the yep. range on these things is fantastic. Now, but the, it gives you good range because the reticule bounces around a hell of a lot when you no, fire but, the daggum thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is what I'm saying, right? Oh. On the half and D that works amazing. I'm I'm not talking like it's 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 okay. It is amazing, and I swear by it. I could I can kill loads of people in the crucible with this. It comes with moving target and dynamic sway reduction so oh. moving target increases the movement <laughs> speed and target acquisition when aiming down sights uh -huh. i also then have the dynamic sway which improves accuracy and stability when continuously holding down right. the trigger i put a backup mag on this thing it has uh, what is it in the magazine 39 in the magazine if i put it on my titan with the active war rig it fires forever it also has steady rounds on there which is minus five to range but plus 15 in stability but when you think about that, it's stability of 35, but when you you get moving target and you get dynamic sway reduction working as well, yeah. 
it increases and Can a range of the trigger on it to stop the trigger with dynamic sway would be this, 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 this is where it gets better so this is the half dandy which is the one that is sunset and yeah. i know we should be talking about the the weapons preview but i i, I had to drop this in somewhere yeah. right so it's got a range of 90 now all of these ones the lodbrock c and the Herod C are in the 80s to 90s range. I've even got a Herod C that's got a hundred range on it. But in my appreciation for the half dandy, I then went and thought, you know, let's let's see what else we can kind of get to drop on these weapons. So I've got a Lodbrock C with target lock, dynamic sway reduction, high caliber rounds, and small bore. And that has a range of 90 and stability of 42. So it's got better stability than the half dandy. It has a handling masterwork. So if I could get something maybe like uh, stability masterwork with some of those rolls, and they are random rolls, these ones to drop. I got another one that had adrenaline junkie and perpetual motion on there with ricochet rounds, but I'm more leaning into maybe having high caliber rounds, which will give extra flinch on enemies. So that's what I'm kind of looking for. So in looking for that, I then found one that I had that had target lock and perpetual motion with ricochet rounds uh, with masterwork stability. So I've got 65 stability and 83 range on this auto rifle. But it, it, it gets better than that. I then, I was looking at the Herod C <laughs> and I've got Herod C with tap the trigger and dynamic sway reduction with high caliber rounds and polygonal rifling. So it has 84 range, 43 stability with Tap the trigger, grants a short period of increased stability on initial trigger of pull. And then you have improves accuracy and stability whilst continuing holding down the trigger with dynamic sway and high caliber rounds on it. Oh, it is nasty. It also has... High cal for the flinching in PvP. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it is nasty. I mean, I think the aim assist on it is 61. So it's the higher one out of all of them. I think 60 was the half dandy, 55 for the Lodbrox. So the Herod's got a little bit more. It's got 61, 61 is nothing to sniff at or uh, cough at. You know, no. That, 61 is pretty high. I can, know? because it's one of those uh, ones with like origin traits on there, you can choose between gun and run, which is rapidly defeating targets with this weapon grants a bonus to sprint speed. Guardians and powerful combatants and higher targets grant this bonus quicker. Or Harkay Breach Armaments. So this weapon deals increased damage against vehicles, turrets, barricades, and stasis crystals. So it's fantastic against like things like barricades and wards of dawn and well of radiance. It's and again, you're not, if I, <laughs> you're not gonna kill a ward of dawn without a rifle. <laughs> no, but with the Harkay Breach Armaments on there, yeah. I mean, even with that, you're not gonna kill a bubble with a freaking auto rifle. No, but it gives you fifteen percent more damage. Sure. And you'll be dead fifteen percent less quickly. Or no, nah, actually no, you'll still be dead. Who cares? It gives you thirty percent more damage on turrets, barricades, ward of dawn, and well of radiance. So thirty yeah. more damage is better See, than no, the well. There you go. The ward of dawn, not the ward of dawn, uh, the barricade and the well. That matters because you shoot that sword, that, yeah. that warlock that thinks he's invincible isn't anymore. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm saying keep your eye out for these 360 high impact, uh, slow rate of fire auto rifles. Half down D, and no, not half down D because you can't get that anymore if you've still got a half down D. But you know, the Herod C, the Lodbrox C as well. Very good auto rifles at the moment, especially seeing as we kind of be getting a buff to these weapons going forward. 
and they sound really good too. And that's another thing I like about the those high impact. Like when when the bullets come out, it's not like pew 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 pew. It's chunk 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 chunk. Like yeah. you, you hear the rounds coming out. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a satisfying sound whenever you use those as well. So I mean, it's just it's just purely aesthetic. But you know, sometimes I like aesthetics. And the thing is, I mean, when you've got things like the Herod is the one that's a stasis weapon. So you could also build into slight stasis builds with this. So yeah. Lord Brock is just a standard kinetic. Anyway. Which has 15% extra damage, just saying. Yeah. Moving into season 22, weapon balance changes. Apparently, a while back, when Bungie made the swap to infinite primary ammo, they unintentionally generated a bug that caused running double special weapons to drop heavy ammo at an increased rate. No, no, no. That's not a bug, Bungie. It's a bug. No, 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 no. Take it back. I mean, well, don't are. take it back. No, take they back are. what you're saying. <laughs> I'll take so, it back the feature. While they did like this for running some builds, it was unintentional. So, going forward in Season 22, PvE kills with two special weapons equipped now generate heavy ammo at the same rate as two primaries or one primary and one special. Oh, flag dab it. Exactly. Reticles. Bungie are continuing their mission to improve communication behind their hip-fire reticles with a few quality-of-life changes. So they're going to replace the perk active hip-fire reticle element. The new one should work better at different field-of-view settings. So they're going to add a perk active indicator to symmetry, which is the exotic scout rifle. Mm -hmm. And moving Grand Overture's charge meter further down the screen to reduce instances of overlapping of other reticle elements. That's what they're going to do there. Zoom and damage fall off. Now, I've heard a lot of podcasts and and videos talk about that they're skipping over this section. I want to kind of cover it slightly, but I do also want to point people in the direction of Cool Guys video. Bungie do make a note that they have gone deeper in explaining the numbers for Zoom and new ADS fall offs, but Cool Guys video does explain it a a little bit better for you to kind of understand where they're kind of going with this. So I will leave it that in the show notes for you to kind of check out. But in season 22, Bungie are going to be enforcing something they call range compression, where the highest achievable damage fall off range on almost all weapons will be reduced to some extent. Certain weapons will be reduced more than others. So up until season 22, the zoom stat has always provided four positive benefits when aiming down sights. This includes scale damage fall off distance, scales aim assist fall off distance, increased accuracy and reduces recall. So as of season 22, Bungie have removed the first benefit from that list so that the zoom stack will no longer scale damage fall off distance. It will still continue to provide other benefits. In its place, they now have a new stat called aim down sight, ADS damage fall off scaler, which they will apply to all weapons that can experience damage fall off. So as, as I said, th- there on. is a- that can experience, what weapons can't experience damage fall off? Is it is it like hit scan and um, is it hit scan that they they're saying about that and things like bows at the moment aren't don't have damage fall off but it is something that they they were talking about that they, they, have could... they have effective rangers what are you talking about oh, I can't remember now yeah because the only one that would fit that criteria would have been the hard light you know back before they changed its lore that was the only one that did not have damage fall off it had infinite range right. So now that that's no longer a thing, what else could they be talking about that has no damage fall off? 
I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, me either. So if you guys have any answers, would appreciate some knowledge drop. Tell Respawn. Yeah. Tell so yeah, they, there is a couple of charts where they go over like the, the weapon type, the base zoom, the base zoom plus rangefinder, and the new ADS damage fall off. And most of them, I think, cool guy was saying, you know, that's an improvement there, that's a decrease there, but it's not, it's, you know, you're not going to notice the difference. So uh, that was quite interesting. They have rebalanced the, the base damage fall off stats on several weapon archetypes to account for the new ADS damage fall off scaler. So sidearms, they've increased at 100 range by 1.2. SMGs increased at 0 range by 1.3 and increased at 100 range by 0.8. Auto rifles, they've increased at 100 range by 2.5. Aggressive hand cannons, they've decreased at 100 range by 1.0. Pulse rifles, they've increased at 100 range by 0.5. And so, yeah, it's it's a mix, mixed bag, but I think it's it's one of those things where they're kind of, they're trying to get, the sandbox in that kind of state whereas you know if you're using a hand cannon it's not going to be like shooting you across the map like the last word did in destiny one if if you aim down sights kind oh, of they say yeah I'm, I'm very excited about these auto rifle changes that the auto rifles look very crispy and especially when you've got ones that work at such good ranges like i've pointed out those those three oh i'm, I'm so excited <laughs> for season 22 uh, they do show an example of how this works. An adaptive hand cannon with a range stat of 70 would have previously had its damage fall off start at 31.2 meters when ADS, or 34.3 if it had rangefinder. Now, regardless of whether it has rangefinder or not, the damage fall off starts at 33.5 when ADS. So that is an increase. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Custom tuned exotic ranges. So, like the special weapons above, I've gone through sort of, and cool guy's probably gone through a bit better than me. Uh, these have been set to keep the weapons near where they currently are. So as opposed to making massively buffs or nerfing them with overarching ranges tuning. So Ace of Spades, when Memento Mori is active, previously it had a 10% damage fall off range penalty. This penalty has been increased to 15%, a slight nerf <sighs> to offset the buff it got in the neutral state. Devil's Ruin which is your sidearm, which when you hold With down the laser button, beam, right? The laser beam yeah. previously had a 20% damage fall off range bonus. This bonus has been reduced to 10%, a slight nerf to offset the buff it's going to get in the neutral state. Revision zero, your exotic pulse rifle. When hunter trace is active, now has a 4.5 times ADS damage fall off scalar. Now uh, we discussed this before. Hunter trace isn't something that is hunter like character specific it's actually on the weapon so yeah we did get a bit confused when we first saw that a while back <laughs> the last word speaking of the last word now has a 1.1 times ads damage fall off scalar i'm wondering <laughs> i'm wondering because they play around with the last word so much what's that going to do to the last word because I mean People it's, still use it nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed i know but people still nerfed People can use it at the well, moment. Because when you fire from the hip, it's still a monster, you know? But yeah. the, the problem is, is people can still aim in with it and still do okay, you know? And then when somebody gets too close, they just stop ADSing and hip fire. Yeah. But, you know, the whole idea is this thing's supposed to be a, a close-range weapon, you know? Like, if somebody's on you, you're like, okay, time to hit the emergency button, you know? And, uh, yeah, so that's what happened. But, like, they keep they keep nerfing it, and they like 
it, it won't die. You know, people keep using it because it's still it's still a close range monster, man. And to some people, they can still use it at a distance, I guess. But still, yeah. So crimson, which is another hand cannon. That's a monster. Can- it is a monster, but it now has a 1.3 ADS damage fall-off scalar. It previously had an intrinsic 5% damage fall-off range penalty, and this has been removed. So I don't know how that's going to affect that weapon, because at the moment, yeah, it's, it is a monster. Like, in, I'd say, mid-range PvP activities, so my version of Trials, I see it a lot, and my version of, like, PvP, I see it a lot, but maybe not the high end. So that's something to look at. Vets Mythoclass. Uh, now has a 1.5 ADS damage falloff scaler. Forerunner now has a 2.0 times ADS damage falloff scaler. And Ariana's Vow now has a 2.4 ADS damage falloff scaler. Again, I'm going to have to wait for the fallout video of before and after to see what the effect is on most of those weapons. Got any thoughts on those? Uh, Well, I think Crimson's going to be a problem. Last word, last word is last word, so it's going to be a problem regardless, right? Hmm. With Crimson, I mean, you say your version of Trials and whatnot, but I mean, I've seen Crimson a lot. You know, it's it's a really stable hand cannon, and, you know, it's when you get kills, it heals you and refills its magazine, so it's able to just kind of keep keep the damage train rolling, right? So it's it's definitely a weapon to, to watch out for, all things considered. Well... Bungie say that they have heard the complaints that hand cannons feel underpowered in PVE, and they wanted to address that whilst also oh, giving PVE. Them... Oh, e, e. No, no, this is Sorry. this is going forward. Okay. I, I think those other things were mainly PvP, but they didn't necessarily state it. It could no, possibly well, if it's underpowering in PVE. Okay, that I can agree with. I thought they meant it's underpowered in PvP, uh, sir. What? I'll yeah, play the same game. They, so they, they've noted that, you know, complaints that hand cannons feel underpowered in PvE, and they wanted to address that whilst also giving them better use case to fit their hard-hitting fantasy. So they have decided that it makes sense for them to be big game hunters of primary weapons by massively increasing the damage they deal to major combatants. Additionally, without investment in reload speed or perks that auto-reload, hand cannons have often felt too punishing or if missing shots or running out of ammo at critical moments so they have buffed their baseline reload speeds in a way that filters upwards to be a buff for all hand cannons although it's a smaller buff as you get higher up the scale warden's law which is the new one that's kind of being reintroduced (laughs) will deal increased precision damage but it comes with a challenge of needing to land two bullets on target instead of one providing an extra reward for players who have a great aim so in general, they've increased the reload stat at zero stat by 15%. PVE damage is increased across the board against majors, sorry, against minors, red bars, which is 20%, and increased the damage against major combatants, which is orange bars, by 75%. <laughs> heavy burst, which is changed Warden's Law to be the first member of the new subfamily, and the heavy burst is fires two round burst, which we kind of knew. But I thought I'd throw it back in there to say that we knew that that's coming. Bows. Bungie have increased the base velocity of precision bows and brought up the lightweights to match, which has done wonders for how they feel at a distance. Have you been using bows? Have you noticed the distance respawn? Uh, no, and uh, no. No, I thought so. So they've also increased the maximum speed that reloads animation can play out so that the reload perk and scaler will continue to have an effect even at higher stat levels. 
So general, they've reduced the minimum reload animation duration by 0.5 seconds to 0.3 seconds. This means that applying reload speed scalars on top of a high reload stat will still have an effect. And they've increased the projectile velocity at full draw so that projectiles will continue to perform as if they were hit scan at the longer distances at high frame rates. And lightweight bows, they've equalized the full draw projectile velocity with precision bows. That's a lot of bow talk. So many bows. So SMGs, they've corrected a long-standing visual bug that prevented RPM stat from displaying correctly. This does not change the actual RPM of the weapon. They have always fired at 720 RPM. So that's the aggressive. They fixed the RPM. I was going to say, you said SMGs, but you didn't say which ones are firing like this. Yeah, the, well, it's the 720 RPMs. Thank you. Sidearms. Aggressives can no longer kill in three bursts of only body shots, making them less forgiving in exchange for an increased damage fall off distance they received. So the aggressives, they've reduced the base damage from 32 to 30. And I think this was, they were saying this was a bug that they kind of got introduced that they kind of just making sure that they kind of bring it back in line. Put it back. Put it yeah. back. The BXR Battler, they've increased the zoom back to 20. Nice. <laughs> because of reasons. Because it's a good browser ball. Uh, shotguns, they fixed a visual bug that was causing the impact stat to display incorrectly. This is cosmetic only. Damage per pellet is unchanged, and that is on the comedian. And nobody cares, really. Apparently. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of people use that gun. What mm. <laughs> they might do now. <laughs> eh, no, because nothing changed. It was, it was just it was a, yeah. Uh, fusion rifles, they fixed an issue where the adept masterwork and enhanced trinset perks were decreasing the damage dealt by fusions when they changed the charge time stat. Now, I thought always thought that that was a thing that if you had like uh, a masterwork on there that decreased the time for charging, it decreased impact on it. So they've, they're changing that. So maybe on a depth. Oh, the masterwork shouldn't have decreased the, the damage now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did? Yeah. Really? So apparently it's not meant to do that. So they've kind of fixed an issue with that. Wayframe heavy grenade launchers. The size and damage of the self-damage AOE is now reduced. So hey. it should make it much safer to fire the projectile closer to your feet. So you're not going to hurt your tokies. I love not hurting my toesies. No, tokies. Sure. Yeah. Swords. At present, swords don't hold much value to players because although they excel at ease of use and are ammo rich, they are required for the user to put themselves directly in harm's way. No yeah, Bungie, yeah. Sword Guard could mitigate this, but the guard's duration is difficult to predict with incoming fire and disables the sword primary meaning of offence and the full charge heavy attack. The guard also mitigates a very small amount of damage when compared with other existing defensive options, like the glaive. Further, while numerous sword guarding-related perks are already in place within the game, they don't see much play. So they have decided to undertake a rework with the aim to increase the viability of blocking to an advantage on enemies, increasing the value of sword guard related perks, as well as allowing guardians to use their fully charged heavy attacks more often. Our intent is that the sword now occupies a niche where they provide both better staying power and survivability. So swords, energy now recharges after a short delay when used, but recharges much faster. The delay before recharging and the recharge rate are both governed by the guard charge rate stat. 
This delay ranges between 2.7 seconds and it was 1.05 seconds, decreasing with charge rate stat. And they've massively increased the rate energy returns after the delay to compensate. And they've increased even more higher charge rate stats. Even after the delay, swords now return to full energy from empty faster than before the rework. Uh, full power heavy attacks can now be used with any non-zero amount of sword energy rather than requiring full sword energy. Hold on, say that again. Heavy attacks can be used as long as you have any sword energy? Yes, with any non-zero amount. Oh, so oh, you can, oh. Yeah, you don't have to wait for that energy to kind of go back up. As long as you've got a little bit in there, Guillotine you can use... is about to come back in a bad way. Uh, they've also massively increased the sword guard damage resistance, giving it between 82.5 and 95% damage reduction, depending on the guard resistance stat. Wow. This damage resistance value is sharply reduced against other players, like Glaives. Uh, it then provides between 52.5 and 65% damage reduction, depending on the guard resist stat. Sword guard no longer loses energy when taking damage. As a result of the above, guard efficiency has been removed as a stat. Let's go! Best uh, thing I've heard this whole time. Well, probably not the best thing. Sword guard I duration mean, is now increased. Is... Sword guard duration is now increased across every guard type, with those with shortest durations benefiting most. And sword guard talent nodes have had their stats squished down. Combined with the above, even though their stats have been reduced, their damage reduction, charge rates, and guard duration are now increased across the board. Uh, this allows origin traits and other sword perks more room to increase these stats and allow performance beyond their previous maximum. Sword guard talent nodes now visually affect the charge rate bar on the inspection screen when you hover over it or select the item, similar to other stats affecting the node. And sword movement speed while blocking has increased from 0.75 times multiplier to 0.85 times multiplier. The Lament Exotic Sword has been specifically cased so its charge rate and delay oh, are unaffected. Man. But it still benefits from the increased guard damage reduction and duration. Man. That whole being able to use the heavy no matter how much sword energy you have would have been devastating. <laughs> That's why it's been tuned specially. I know! Why? Leave it alone. No, I mean, they didn't leave it alone. Don't leave it alone. <laughs> Mercules knows what you're thinking before you know what you're thinking. I told you, you've been momentum, whatever it is, the minority reported. I've been momentum worried. Yeah, you've been momentum worried. So with that, moving on to exotic weapons. Monte Carlo. They finally did it. It was mechanically the most complex catalyst they have ever done, requiring a whole host of custom animations, but they've done it. So they hope you're happy, and that's all they're going to tell you. I'm sorry. They're trolling. There's <laughs> no. They, the no. This, the, they, this has to be a troll. You they've know? put they've put a video in there in the twelve or in the the update. There is a video showing you how the catalyst now works. So if you are unfamiliar with this, everybody and their familiar. grandmother, including respawn, has been asking for the Monte Carlo exotic auto rifle. The, you know the one with the long bayonets on the end uh -huh. to be used as a glaive or a stabby stabby stick. They've done it. What? But there is a caveat to it. And it looks like in the actual video, you do have to get the exotic perk to proc. So the exotic perk on the Monte Carlo is the Markov chain, which is the Markov it chain. This weapon gains increased. Melee. Yeah. In, 
increases damage from melee kills and kills with this weapon. Melee kills grant ammo for this weapon. So you have to get the times five on there. Once you get that, you can kind of do a kind of reload animation to then use your bayonet on the front as a stabby, stabby thing. I Pretty just saw cool. it on a cabal. Yeah. You want to get stonk. Yeah. <laughs> So you can either use that you can either use the oh. weapon and, and charge it up to five times by getting kills, or you could use a melee attack to go straight to five times. So I think in the video they show a hunter throwing out his, his knives, don't they? To get uh -huh. the mark off times five. And one shot of cabal. Yeah. <laughs> so there. Uh, that that's coming wow. next season. They don't tell you how to get it. It'll probably just be a random drop somewhere. Use the Monte Carlo and it'll probably drop. Best case scenario. That's, I mean, that's, that's normally how these things work, isn't it? The people were finding. No, I mean, you don't have to use it to get a job. You just use know, a job from a playlist of some type. I think it, sometimes it helps. In my head, it helps. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Quicksilver Storm. Players have been reporting that it felt like the ammo was not being loaded into the Quicksilver Storm at the correct time. They did an investigation and discovered a misalignment with the animation, and the ammo loading in has been corrected. Oh. So, they, so they fixed an issue where the ammo was loading into the Quicksilver Storm slightly too late in the reload animation. And for you Dead Man Tales fans, they have fixed the display impact stat. This is cosmetic only, and damage per bullet is unchanged. <laughs> but you can still go and get it in the exotic mission next week. Why? <laughs> uh, the two-tailed fox. They've reworked the catalyst again. Really? So this is the third tail. So if you're unaware of this, this is the exotic rocket launcher, which originally fired two rockets. It was, wasn't it solar and void originally? Yes, and the catalyst gave it all three flavors. So arc, solar and void. What the catalyst does at the moment is it fires one rocket and then it fires the other two rockets at the same time. So what they're going to do is rework the catalyst so that it fires one rocket, two rocket, then three rockets. Well, the third rocket, not three rockets. Yeah. One, two, and then three. Not all at the same time. That'd go. just be fun. Do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. The Verglass Curve, which is our bow that we got. I think we got that this season or last season, mm -hmm. didn't we? The... Just, yeah, it's past season. We got it a season. It, it's it's there. It's it's a combat bow. It's the one that um, turns things to ice. If if you haven't got it, you haven't got it. It turns things to ice. It makes ice crystals. And if it you does. happen to be too close to the ice crystals, you might get a little frozen. Apparently, there was an issue with it that they fixed. If Whispers no. of Fissures gets the kill, it does not count as Hailing Barrage stacks. So they've also buffed the weapon's performance in PvP when using Hail Barrage. Whisper of Fissures detonates now generate Hail Barrage stacks if the stasis crystal was created by the weapon. Uh, Shiver Quiver Ooh. now activates when slowing enemies. Uh, we increase the slot stacks from 40 to 60 when hitting players directly with a Hell Barrage arrow. This allows for a freeze if two Hell Barrage arrows hit the same player. Very nice. Le Monarch. Oh dear, my poor Le Monarch. Has long been a thorn that in the side. That is a lot of Le Monarch changes. Of many high-end PvP players. Uh, with a massive chunk of damage, hard hit, and a long damage over time, the dot duration kept you out of the fight for what felt like an eternity. So they have decided to address both the facets of this problem at the same time by shifting Lemon to use the same damage profile as lightweight bows. It now deals 85 damage on impact to the body and 136 to the head against players. And they've also reduced the dot duration from 3 seconds down to 1.75 
which makes it feel significantly less painful to be hit by the weapon. And the damage over time still deals the same total damage as it did before against players, but in, divided into six instead of eight. So with it being reduced in time, you can get back into the fight a lot quicker, basically. But they've increased the damage over time, damage in PvE by 50%. Very nice, especially against like barriers. I think it's overload, that one, isn't it, intrinsically? Um... So in PvP, this should result in slightly in a slight DPS increase, with the reduction impact damage being offset by the faster draw time and the increased damage over time. So they've reduced the draw time from 684 milliseconds to 612 milliseconds, reduced the body touch damage from 100 to 85, increased the crit hit multiplier from 1.5 to 1.6, so crit damage against players goes from 150 to 136, changed the poison DOT effect and reduced the poison DOT duration from 3 seconds to 1.75 and they've moved the damage from 8 ticks to 6 but the poison still deals the same total amount of damage and poison damage is increased by 50% in PvE. Cool. Vex Mythoclass has been very, very strong in PvP for some time having secretly benefited from a number of buffs to auto-rifles that have increased its usability. <laughs> so with auto-rifles getting another bump to range in Season 22, they felt that the Vex had been pushed up a notch too far in our playtests. So they're reducing the RPM from 390 to 360. So, I mean, it's kind of sitting in that auto-rifle block that I was telling you about with the, like those high-impact ones. So I don't know. Is, is this going to be a nerf or is this going to be a buff, to be honest? I mean... Is is one I'm gonna have to kind of gonna yeah, test out. Gonna have to play with it, but like it seems like it would be a nerf. Like on paper, I guess it's trying to be a nerf. Yeah, I'm telling you those those high impact auto rifles. Check those out next season. Anyway, they've reduced the RPM. Like I said, at the same time, they wanted to make sure that this was not a DPS decrease in PVE, so they've had to increase its damage to compensate. So <laughs> still good. But they've increased the damage against minor combatants, which red bars and major combatants, orange bars, by 25%. Tommy's matchbook. Who knew that that was still existing? A lot of people. It's still. I've I've seen people, and I don't even play PvP often, so this should tell you something. But I've seen some of these titans still rocking, rocking that gun. You know, with <laughs> their armamentarium or their Lorelei Splendor. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the previous setup wasn't working as expected, so the new behavior gives the same end result but front loads more Scorch on the base behavior. So they've updated the Scorch value. It was previously 14 plus 7 with the Ember of Ashes fragment equipped. Now it's 15 plus 5. So this is the uh, uh, solar auto rifle that you... I, it's mainly a Titan one, but anybody can kind of use it. But it's the one that kind of does the damage over time and kills you, really, um, if you but, fire well, it. Well, it kills the uh, user... No. Oh, no, actually, no time, it doesn't actually kill you, does it? it? It takes you right down to kind of to one yeah. bar health. But anybody who sneezes on you can can kill you. And the advantage it, yeah. to that is its damage doubles. Right? So we're not talking about like a 20% increase or a 30% increase. No. And it, it gets a 100% increase in damage whenever, yeah. you know, yeah. So... That's why they use it. Yeah, can they be killed easily? Yeah, but they're just running through people before they can kill them too. So, mm. yeah, yeah. Now we move on to Touch of Malice. This is still a weapon that eludes me. It, I mean, I say it eludes me. I've only done the raid once, so it's, it's still <laughs> it still eludes me, even though. So, Touch of Malice is the scout rifle that you can get from Kingsfall. 
Touch of Malice is a strong weapon, but the usability of the gun was just too low in any content where it mattered. This was due in large part to how easy it was to unintentionally kill yourself. Now, this is the one that you can kill yourself with. Yeah. That they kind of brought back Touch of Malice, which was kind of in Destiny 1, which you kind of could negate that if you were walking in and out of bubbles. But I think with the way that Destiny 2 plays out these days, it's it's not the same as Destiny 1. So even though they brought the same gun back, it just didn't make any sense in Destiny 2. And they've kind of acknowledged that. So to make it up to you, especially you, Respawn, because you've got this gun, haven't you? Yep. Yep. The final round now deals 20% additional damage in PvE. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Additionally. But, but okay, so it's got more damage, but you still got to fight with the fact that it's going to kill you. No, Unless no, you're standing no, in a wall no, of radiance, no, you're going to die, dude. Additionally. We have reduced the damage it deals to the user, and it can no longer kill the user. This oh, isn't to say that you can't die when you're at low health, but oh, the weapon itself—not low health—it takes you down to one. Yeah, but the weapon itself yeah. will no longer be the thing that kills you. It will just hold you at one health point if you continue to fire it for too long. So it's a uh, bit like Tommy's matchbook. That is cool. I like that. Yes, so if sir. you're good with it, you can get really good with it. You don't even have to be good with it, just as long as you can not die, a.k.a. put yourself behind a barricade, put yourself inside a well, put yourself inside a, a healing rift, put yourself inside of something, right? Doesn't it, when you get down to that last bullet, doesn't it automatically reload once it takes the like, no. damage? No. No? Oh. You have to manually reload it. Mm-hmm. I thought it automatically reloaded on, on that one bullet, yeah. No, no, sir. Okay. No, the the whole it having the one bullet is the whole purpose of the gun. If uh, it auto reloaded when you got to the one bullet, it would negate the gun's. Properties. No, no, it just goes back to one. Every time you shoot that one, it just reloads that one bullet. Oh, that yeah, I see what you mean. I thought yes. you meant reload the whole magazine. Yeah, no, no, no. no. The one bullet doesn't say that. The, it, you fire the one, and it uses quote life energy to generate another bullet in its yes. place. Yeah. So you could you could potentially still get if you're kind of really good at using it, you could still kill more people in pvp if you're good at kind of ducking in and out of cover the same in absolutely. pvp yeah absolutely cool. that, that that extra damage is nuts and then it's uh it's special ability that 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 black ball it shoots is going to one shot you if you're dumb enough to stand in the way yes so they've <laughs> also set up the touch of malice perk to be a lot more useful and easier to use and activate so that they fix the ball of darkness to correctly deal arc damage blinding pve combatants so they've increased <laughs> So they've increased your final round damage in PvE by 20%. They've decreased the self-damage from the final round from 10 to 7. The final round now no longer kills you. They've increased the health awarded by Touch of Malice perk 30 to 75. They set up the Touch of Malice to work like an unrelenting. So Guardians and Major Combatants give more points towards activation. And they've increased the time allowed between kills. And the Ball of Darkness now appropriately deals arc damage and will blind combatants and stun unstoppable champions. Very okay, the nice. champions call the blinding combatants are the... I mean, it's already pretty dangerous in PvP as long as you don't get the one shot on you, but to also blind people, <laughs> it just makes it so much easier to kill a whole group of people with that gun, man. Next, we have Malfeasance. Malfeasance does a lot, and they wanted to make sure that you knew when you were getting the effects of the catalyst. So they nice. fixed an issue where the Vorpal Weapon Catalyst wasn't displaying the stat. There you nice. Go. And like for those of you that don't know, the Malfeasance is a hand cannon with a 15-round magazine. And every five or 20 rounds, right? I think, I think it's 20. 
every every fifth fifth round does extra yeah, damage. Yeah, the magazine size is either fifteen or twenty. It's a ma- it's a multiple of five, right? Fourteen. And every five rounds, so fourteen. That no, it's not fourteen. Yeah, Destiny Item Manager just says fourteen. Destiny Item Manager is lying because it's a multiple of five. <laughs> I promise you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I thought it was fifteen, but Destiny Item yeah, Manager yeah, it's absolutely a multiple of five. So it's either fifteen or twenty, right? Anyway, um, unless they've changed the magazine size, which would be ridiculous, but hold off on that. The point is, is every five rounds, all the rounds that you've shot detonate and deal a lot of damage. Now, here's the cool part for those of you that don't know. If more than one person has the malfeasance, you do detonate each other's rounds. So if person A fired three, person B fired two, that's five. (laughs) And they will detonate. So... The more people using the malfeasance, the more detonations that occur, the more damage that can stun, and insult to injury, it does significant additional damage to taken enemies. So, yeah, if you don't have a malfeasance or you haven't had the pleasure of using a malfeasance, it's 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 a gun you should at least play with. You know, get a couple of friends, go into a strike or a raid that has a lot of taken enemies, and malfeasance is gonna do work. And if you're a hunter. Pair it with Lucky Pants, dear God. <laughs> it also does good work in Crucible as well. Yes, it does. Yes. So, but one yeah. weapon that isn't going to be doing well in Crucible for much longer is the Cloud Strike. Yay! So, Cloud Strike has been a very strong weapon flying under the radar for quite some time. Well, unless you're kind of, yeah, unless you're a yeah. cool guy or true vanguard, you know about this weapon. Recently has become more prevalent, but getting killed by the explosion because you're semi-nearby a teammate and you chose the wrong lane to peek uh, feels very bad. So that, that always happens to me. It's, it's never me, honestly. Never me. And it's not even like a distance that you think would be... Like, you think you're far enough away. Yeah. But no, you're not. <laughs> you still die. And it's... it's Ah, the range on it. And, well, for now, apparently it's about to get nerfed. But the range on it for now, and the damage it does to you for being like a casualty, let's call it, yeah, is 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 nutty. I get dude. it. I get it. I mean, but surely that should be more of a PVE thing. I mean, if you're yeah. standing, if you're standing on no, it was originally for PVE, and people wanted it to be good. We've tried using it on so many bosses, so many raid bosses, so many strike bosses. It's just not good, you know. And mm. then we used to pair it with um, uh. What you call the? Uh, it's the trace rifle that debuffs the target. Um, Divinity. Thank you. You used to pair it with Divinity, thinking that you know you hit more strikes, you get more lightning strikes. But it didn't work with Divinity. I, I, I think it still doesn't. Like Divinity's crit bubble doesn't proc Cloud Strike's lightning, you know, hmm. or it didn't. So I mean, Cloud Strike has just been. It on on paper it looked so good and everybody wanted it so bad and we tried to like you get like I said on so many bosses, but it just underperforms. And then surprisingly in PvP is where this thing took off. It's like so you're telling me if I shoot him in the head, his whole team dies, no matter where they are on the map. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So they they've reduced the lethal kill distance of the lightning strike against players. Good. Uh, Wicked Implement. They took a conservative... Is that it? No damage? Oh, wow. Just just that. Hmm. 
Wicked Implement, they took a conservative approach when, with this scout rifle out of the gate, and they wanted to avoid creating a lousy experience for those on the receiving end of long-range primary weapons, with the ability to slow targets in PvP. Now that it's spent some time in the live game, they can give it its intrinsic perk more uptime by making it easier to keep activated. We've also improved its utility by providing more of opportunities to generate stasis shards with headstone added to the catalyst and the ability to create tracking shards from destroying stasis crystals. So you can keep your mag full and your powered melee up more easily. Shard generation will continue to have a brief cooldown as with other shard sources. So the timing window for creeping attrition has been increased from 3.5 seconds to 4.5. You can now also activate Tithering Harvest by destroying stasis crystals, and the Wicked Implement Exotic Catalyst now includes Headstone Perk. Are you excited about that? Is this no. one you're going to be? No, okay. <laughs> I've, I've never used it, so I don't. I don't really it, have it. An might, it might be one to use next season. Sure. So we have some changes to perks. Bipod. They've reduced the damage penalty from forty percent to twenty-five. So this is the one that loads two rockets, isn't it? Bipod. And yes. It, Whereas I think they kind of tried to mitigate the fact that if you had two rockets, you, you did 40% less damage. Now it's down to 25. So you do more damage, which is cool. Envious Assassin. Big, 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 big buff to that perk. Envious Assassin. This is already a strong perk, but the mental overhead of remembering to swap out your weapon before the invisible time limit expired, combined with it no longer working once your magazine was overflowed by any amount, there is no longer a time limit after kills within which you must activate the perk or get another kill. And the perk will now activate even if the magazine is overflowed. Uh, it will stop activating once you hit maximum mag magazine size of 2.5 times or greater. And then the Haunt Envious Assassin now provides a fractionally more ammo per kill instead of a longer window of the time after a kill. Cool. Not sure about using that one, but yeah. I, I never did like Envious Assassin. You like it? No, I never did. Uh, I didn't, you might, you might like it, it now. Well, they call it a strong perk, but it depends on how many people you kill with a different gun, you know? And I didn't like that. I like the one where, you know, the kills I get with this gun give <laughs> me more bullets in my magazine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I never liked it. Under Over now provides bonus body damage against players with a woven mail. Increase the bonus damage against combatant shields and deal significantly increased damage to enemies who are enhanced by dark cabal overshields, in addition to enemies shielded by lucent moths. And Under Pressure is next. Under Pressure is going to be on the chopping block, as it has long been a perk that offers a lot of upside rewards for comparatively little risk in PvP. It's often triggered neutrally during combat and sees nearly 100% uptime on special ammo weapons. It is especially poignant on fusion rifles. As such... We have reduced the maximum accuracy bonus that can be granted by Under Pressure, whilst allowing it to retain the full strength of the stability bonus. So to reduce the maximum accuracy cone scalar from 0.5 to 0.75. There you go. You take that. Take that. Take that. Stick and it in your pipe and smoke it. But shoot to loot. It seems a shame that the pairing of shoot to loot with a perk like explosive payload and kinetic tremors didn't allow that the splash damage to interact with orbs collecting. So they've done some custom tuning behind the scenes to make it happen. <laughs> We've also removed an unintentional interaction that allows shoot to loot to continuously grant ammo to overflowed magazines without actively consuming the ammo brick on the ground. Explosive damage now interacts with orbs of power. Cool. 
Valiant Charge, this perk now deactivates as intended after the initial sword swing. Ambush, there was a certain unintended damage impulse that were causing the ambush origin trait to deactivate. So we've excluded those from the list of potential triggers. So it no longer deactivates from healing, falling damage, or being shot by allies. How dare your allies shoot you to not trigger your ambush. Right. Mm. Explosive light. There is no more free explosion damage. No! But But don't worry, there are more than enough orbs of power to go around. So they fixed the bug where the enhanced version of the perk was also granting two stacks of the initial orb pickup. Yeah. So no. And Chill Clip. Chill Clip has been something of a must-have multi-tool, and it was a little too easy to deal with all three types of champions at once. We've made it slightly more difficult to get the full freeze effect, which should move it back to being closer in line with other perks options. So they've reduced the slow stacks from 60 to 40. What? And the wolf pack rounds no longer trigger this perk. Oh, that's BS. Yes. It's yep. BS, man. There's no reason to do that. Yes, there is. They told you. No. It's not given us a bad no. reason. No. So there you go. There's all, your, there's all your weapon stuff. Apart from, do you want to craft or not craft? There's, there's that is the question. That there is questions and there's answers because crafting is changing again. So weapon crafting is a large part of Destiny 2. Well, it is now because you've implemented it. So yeah. And with a new season on the horizon, we've got a few things to look forward to. From changing how weapons progress works to overall crafting economy changes, here is a brief overview of what types of changes are coming down the pipeline for season 22. So less than a week away from this. So while they like you to play with Shirochi and level up your weapons, it's not really ideal. But instead of nerfing that, you can still go and do that. You're fine. You can still go and play with Shirochi and level up your weapons. They're also adding a currency-driven method of directly advancing a weapon level instead. So if you want to pay with Glimmer and I Shards... I pay to level my weapon up like D1? Yeah, yeah. like the old... Yeah, the, yeah. You, you, you can do that, and we'll get to that in a second. But since the opportunity to get kills in PvP is far lower than what it is in PvE, they will be increasing the amount of progress earned by defeating Guardians in PvP activities beginning in Season 22. Yay, because you literally got nothing for getting kills in PvP. They're also boosting activity completion progress across several activity types, including Crucible, Trials of Osiris, Dares of Eternity, Wellspring, Gambit, and Platinum Score completions of Legend and Master Solo Lost Sectors. Legend and Master Solo Lost Sectors. So you can't go in there with your friends and think you're going to be like leveling up your weapons solo. They're also adding the capability for progress that exceeds the current level to roll over to the next level. So this was an issue that had been prominent and uh, people have been talking about it for a while, that it seemed to be that you could be playing a Crucible match and you could go into a Crucible match that say 99% progress on one of your levels on your weapon. When you got to the end of that Crucible match, it would only give you 1% and it wouldn't kind of tick over the like... 13, 14% extra onto the next level. It would only give you that 1%. So Mm. there had been an issue with that. And they said it was in key part to the Revision Zero API mishap that occurred in Season of Seraph. So because of the gremlins in the system, they weren't able to kind of get that past that extra 1%. So they've been able to kind of roll out the change to that. 
So that's good. So it will now kind of tick over to whatever percentage it is that they deem for crucible, gambit, strikes, blah, blah, blah. Right. Also, to round out the weapons progress changes, they're also adding the capability to directly increase the weapon through currency expenditure. So crafted and enhanced weapons will both receive a new mod slot in their weapon details, where you can spend glimmer and enhancement cores to boost the level of the weapon. This mod will increase the weapon's level directly, leaving your existing progress forward to the next level untouched. So that's good. So you'll still have a bar on your weapon that, if you're playing with it, will still do your level up, but then you can also buy extra levels, which is pretty cool. So you could, in theory, buy to the perks that you want to kind of use it in PvE or PvP, and then continue to use it to then unlock the enhanced perks, or just buy all the way up to the, the enhanced perks if you're you know rich with the economy. And with that, crafting economy changes. Another change that they're making is that the resonant and harmonic alloys will be depreciated as a requirement material and will no longer be obtainable during the dismantling starting in season 22. So these are the, what are the harmonic, are these the ones that you get from the raid? I can't remember. Um, these Harmonic alloys, I think are used as currency for something else. The harmonic alloys is currently used in weapon shaping can be obtained by dismantling legendary weapons from raids. So you don't need those now, next season. Need, need what? You know when you dismantle a legendary raid weapon, you get a currency that you then can use to do your crafting with your raid oh, weapon. Yeah, that's what you got to use to. Yeah, that's what you use to upgrade, like the high level. Yes. Uh, well, so you like won't high level legendaries and whatnot. You need that. You yeah, won't yeah. need. You won't need that next season. Good. And the rest going to introduce another freaking currency in this no. place. In which case, not good. And the <laughs> resonant alloys are the ones that you can get by obtaining. Uh, can be obtained by dismantling legendary weapons. So those are the ones that kind of uh, just look like a circle with a kind of like an Iron Man heart, kind of glowing yeah. orange. Yeah. And the other ones look like a flowery kind of orange flower thing. Yeah, those ones. Depreciated, you don't need them. Good. Apparently, there have been modifications to reward behaviors of weapons and the weapon patterns from Neomuna, and they those changes haven't had the desired impact, and the weapon patterns remain elusive for some players. So in Season 22, they'll be making some additional changes to help tackle the scarcity problem. The Neomuna Weekly Pinnacle Story Mission Score Challenge will provide guaranteed Neomuna weapon pattern progress for the first time it's completed each week. The Neomuna Vendor Engram upgrade will increase the drop chance of a deep sight Neomuna weapon. And this is retroactive if you've already claimed the vendor upgrade. The Throneworld Vendor Engram upgrades will also receive the same behavior for the Throneworld deep sight weapons. And again, this will be retroactive. Uh, season 22 will also include a bug fix in the underlying deep sight drop system that manifested from a major overhaul they did in Lightfall. And this bug could decrease the deep sight drop rate. Uh, as you neared completion of a pattern set, which wasn't helpful. So if you got four out of five and you were still looking for that fifth one, there was a bug and they're going to fix it in season 22. So don't worry about it. It's going to be fixed. I didn't know there was a bug. Did you know there was a bug? I didn't know there was a bug. Nope. Maybe Parody knew there was a bug and he just didn't tell us. But yeah, there was a bug. Although the deep sight bug on its own would normally have a low impact on deep sight behavior, the problem was exacerbated when coupled with the lack of deterministic deep sight sources for Neomuna weapons. And while we believe crafting is more in line with our original vision since the launch of Witch Queen, we're still making necessary changes to the system and are in the middle of developing a large crafting-related feature targeted for the final shape year. 
and they'll provide more details about the upcoming changes after they've spent a bit more time in the oven and they're excited to share more. And that was the developer insight for season 22 weapons preview. So now that we've gone through our update from Joe, we've had a chat about the developer insight for the weapons and perk changes and all the other things that have gone on in the game. I think it's about time that I tell people what's happening next week in Destiny. Hello and welcome to the first week of Season 22, Season of Redacted, starting on August 22nd, 2023. So for Week 1, let's dive right in with our Legacy rotation, starting with the Forsaken expansion. Ready if you are. Let's see what's out there. The Dreaming City this week is at a weak curse level, which means Petrovenge can be found in the Strand, and has the Broken Courier mission for the next week. The Blind World features Scorn enemies and the Plagues, Sycorus and Varicus. The Ascendant Challenge this week will be the Forfeit Shrine, which can be located over in the Gardens of Facilia on the Dreaming City. Next up, the Shadowkeep expansion. On the Moon, the weekly story mission is Beyond. The Trove Guardian and the Wandering Nightmare, the Fallen Council, are both located in Archer's Line. And the Nightmare Hunts this week will be Fogoth, Fear, Krota, Despair, and the Fanatic, Insanity. For our Beyond Light expansion, on Europa this week, Kredis the Dark Priestess will be the Empire Hunt, Eventide Ruins will be the Eclipse Zone, and the Exo Challenge will be Survival. For the 30th Anniversary expansion, we have the Loot Rotation for Dares of Eternity, which will be on Week 2's rotation, with the Scathorn Armor Set and the Perfectus Armor Set being available. The weapons available this week will be the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Auto Rifle Scathelock, the Kinetic Aggressive Frame Submachine Gun Extraordinary Rendition, the Void Aggressive Burst Sidearm Brass Attacks, the Void Precision Frame Linear Fusion Rifle Threaded Needle, the Solar High Impact Frame Rocket Launcher Codewello, the Void Lightweight Frame Bow Imperial Needle, the Solar Adaptive Frame Sniper Rifle Far Future, the Arc Adaptive Frame Sword Honor's Edge, the Solar Rapid Fire Frame Sniper Rifle Distant Termulus, the Arc Adaptive Frame Grenade Launcher Interference 6, the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Sniper Rifle Shepherd's Watch, and the Solar Adaptive Frame Hand Cannon Annual Skate. For the Witch Queen expansion, the Witch Queen weekly story mission is The Arrival, where the modifiers are Scorched Earth and Fire Pit, as well as Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Also this week we'll have Altar of Reflections Choice, and Altar of Reflections Pact. The Wellspring activity has been updated to include a featured Throne World weapon, Veritas armor and a weapon pattern as its rewards. For the Lightful expansion, the weekly mission is First Contact, with extra shields, block loadouts and extra champions. Barrier and Unstoppable champions, Void Threat, Scorched Earth, Overcharged Weapons, Arkenstrand Surges, Overcharged Shotguns and Galvanized on Hero Difficulty only. The Partition mission will be Backdoor, Contest Mode enabled with Barrier and Overload champions, Void Threat, Arc and Solar Shields, Shock Modifier with Void and Strand Surges, and the Vex Incursion this week will be Zephyr Concourse. In addition, the weekly Lightfall reset also refreshes the pinnacle drop for the Node Override Avalon Exotic Mission on the EDZ. For the Season of the Deep, the featured fishing pond will be on the Throne World. Raids and Dungeons The Root of Nightmares raid challenge this week is the second encounter, Scission, called Crossfire. No one can shoot the launch crystals on the side they're currently standing on with the Caraxes Distress Adept Grenade Launcher being the Master Challenge Reward. The King's Fall Raid Challenge this week is the fourth encounter, Daughters of Oryx, called Under Construction. Players cannot stand on the same plate twice in a single phase. The Vow the Disciple Challenge this week is the third encounter, The Upender, called 
defense is down. This is where each player cannot kill more than one token knight in total. The Vault of Glass challenge this week is the fifth encounter, Atheon, called Ensembler's Refrain. Each player teleported can only destroy one oracle in each spawn set. The Deepstone Crypt challenge this week is the first encounter, Crypt Security, called Red Rover. This is where all guardians must be an operator and shoot the two panels on the lower levels. And the Garden of Salvation challenge this week is the third encounter, Consecrated Mind, called Staying Alive, where you must not kill the spawning cyclopses in the first two rooms. Your pinnacle raid will be the last wish over on the Dreaming City, which means all challenges will be available for each encounter. These are the first encounter, Kali, called Summoning Ritual. Players must activate and cleanse all nine plates, then kill all nine knights and ogres before damaging Kali. The second encounter, Shirochi, called Witch Witch. Guardians must not get hit or take damage from Shirochi's Arc Blast. The third encounter, Morgoth, called Forever Fight. Players must not kill the small ogres during the encounter. The fourth encounter, Vault, called Keep Out. Guardians must ensure that no Might of Riven Knights make it to the center chamber during the Vault fight. And the fifth encounter, Riven, called Strength of Memory, where Guardians must not shoot the same Riven Eye twice. Also, with the Last Wish being the featured raid, this does mean that you can farm the final boss for a chance at the exotic heavy fusion rifle, 1000 Voices. The pinnacle dungeon for this week will be the duality over on the derelict Leviathan on the moon. And our first exotic mission rotator of the season will be Presage, with the Dead Man's Tail exotic scout rifle being the main reward. Craftable weapons available from this mission include the Arc Adaptive Glaive, Nezarex Whisper, the Stasis Aggressive Frame Rocket Launcher, Bump in the Night, the Kinetic Precision Frame Scout Rifle, Tears of Contrition, the Void Adaptive Frame Trace Rifle, Hollow Denial, the Kinetic Precision Frame Auto Rifle, Fire Fright, the Solar Lightweight Frame Shotgun, Without Remorse, the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Hand Cannon, or Stringer, the Solar Sidearm, Drang Baroque, the Solar Adaptive Frame Sniper, Beloved, and the Solar Submachine Gun, Callus Mini Tool, with the Idolum Pursuant Armor Set. Next up, Challenges. As this is a new season, the Challenges and Eververse won't be available until the season goes live in-game. So, stay tuned to this channel for the updated week 1 video for any missed information. Hello. Also, with this being a new season, we will have a legendary Lost Sector shake-up meaning we won't know the order of the Lost Sectors until we've had a full rotation. But, as a reminder, your daily Lost Sector will show you a flag outside which will give you details of threats, shields, champions and exotic armour you'll find inside. But if you're new to the game or using an alternate character and can't find the flag outside, you will have to run through the Lost Sector normally to have it show up on your map as a legend slash master, which you can either do solo or with a fire team, but you will only be able to earn a chance at the exotic drop when completing solo. Lead the way. Our first featured Nightfall of the season will see us face off against Alakul in the Lightblade over on the Throne World, where you have a chance to get a Pinnacle Engram if you complete the Nightfall with a score of 200k or more. This Nightfall will require you to earn the Witch Queen expansion. You will be able to earn high-end gear for your characters including the Nightfall featured weapon, exotic gear, enhancement cores, enhancement prisms, ascendant shards and adept Nightfall ciphers. The higher the Nightfall difficulty the more common the drop will be with the featured weapon and exotic gear being uncommon at hero difficulty, to being common with Ascendant Shards in Garand Masters. Legend and Lower Nightfalls will have 8 Barrier, 2 Unstoppable and 7 Lucent Champions, with 6 Solar and 12 Arc Shields. Masters and GMs will have 12 Barrier, 3 Unstoppable and 7 Lucent Champions, with 6 Solar and 8 Arc Shields. Your Nightfall modifiers are Hero Difficulty, Maximum Effective Level 1765, Matchmaking is available, Enemies have extra shields. Champions Foe. You will face Barrier, Unstoppable and Lucent Champions. You can either use Intrinsic Exotics, 
use a subclass debuff or unlock anti-champion mods from the seasonal artifact. Arc Threat, 25% increase to incoming arc damage. Empath, enhanced radar, take increased damage from melee. Overcharge weapons, weapons overcharged from the seasonal artifact are active in this activity. Kinetic weapons do increase damage when your subclass element matches an active surge. Arc Surge, 25% bonus to outgoing arc damage. An elemental surge, 25% bonus to an outgoing element's damage. Overcharge weapon, 25% bonus damage to a specific weapon type. Galvanized, combatants have more health and are more difficult to stun. Legend difficulty, maximum effective level 1815, includes all previous modifiers except galvanized. No matchmaking. Equipment locked, you will be unable to change your equipment once the mission starts. Master difficulty, maximum effective level 1820, includes all previous modifiers except galvanized. Champions mob, this difficulty adds more champion enemies. And chafe, radar is disabled. To combat champions this season you will have access to subclass counters as well as a choice of intrinsic anti-champion artifact mods, which are anti-barrier auto rifle, anti-barrier bow, unstoppable scout rifle, and unstoppable fusion. You also have exotic weapons and armor that can help with intrinsic mods as well. For anti-barrier, the kinetic bow wish ender, the kinetic linear fusion rifle arbalist, the kinetic pulse rifle revision zero, the solar energy hand cannon Ariana's vow, the Solar Heavy Sword, the Lament, and the Titan Gauntlet, Second Chance, which gain a second charge of a shield throw melee, which becomes shield piercing and stuns barrier champions. And for Unstoppable, the Kinetic Fusion Rifle Bastion, the Kinetic Hand Cannon Malfeasance, the Kinetic Scout Rifle Touch of Malice, the Solar Energy Sidearm, Devil's Ruin, the Void Heavy Bow, Leviathan's Breath, and the Hunter Gauntlet's Atheris' Embrace, which have a chance to stun Unstoppable champions with their empowered weighted knife. Lord Shaxx brings Momentum Control to the Crucible for the first week of the season. Momentum Control is a 6v6 PvP mode which is a variation on the regular control mode, where every weapon is significantly higher in lethality, meaning that you can take out your opponents much faster than normal. Respawns are instant, and defeating enemy players in Momentum Control will grant faster regeneration on your melee, grenade and super. Players get increased damage resistance when they activate a super, to help counteract that little bit of extra damage that the guns give out. The mode also has increased capture speed on points and radar is removed for every player. Achieve victory by capturing zones and defeating opponents. And Rift will be returning this week in the Relentless Crucible playlist. Rift is a 6v6 game mode that focuses heavily on objective-based gameplay and not just killing the enemy team. Instead of accruing points based on defeating enemies, players can score points by picking up the spark and dunking into their opponent's rift, which is near the enemy spawn. A team can either win by scoring 5 points before the opposing team can, by scoring 3 points without the enemy team getting a look in, or having more points when the time runs out. The spark spawns in the centre of the map and starts to charge after 6 seconds of the round starting, and becomes visible for all players on the map. After another 12 to 13 seconds the spark is available for players to pick up, giving both teams approximately 20 seconds to fight over the spark before either side can pick it up. For 5 seconds after a player picks up the spark they become marked on both teams' maps. After that, they are only marked on their own team's map unless they are in view of the enemy team. The carrier can only hold onto the spark for a minute and 15 seconds. After that, the spark detonates, killing the carrier and those around them before resetting. Should the carrier die in any way that isn't from the spark detonating, the spark drops at that location. If a player picks up the spark whilst in their super, they are immediately pulled out of their super. Furthermore, they will not gain any more super energy whilst holding the spark, and will be unable to use their super even if it is fully charged. If a player dies, they must wait 10 seconds before respawning but their teammates can revive them during this time. 
This forces players to focus on teamwork to help push up on their enemies, but can also leave some players out of the game for an extended duration if their team can't or won't revive them. And making its way into the Crucible Labs for the first time this week will be the game mode Relic. Relic is a 6v6 PvP party mode where all players wreak havoc and destruction on their foes with a Relic weapon. Relics include the Aegis Shield from Vault of Glass, the Synaptic Spear from Season of the Risen, and the Scythe from Season of the Haunted. Each player charges their personal Relic energy by defeating opponents with their normal loadout. Upon reaching full charge, players can acquire the Relic from the Relic Depot. Defeating Relic holders and using Relics to defeat opponents and points for the team. Delightful! Charles of Osiris will also be returning this season with some new loot to chase, like the Strand Heavy Grenade Launcher, the Cataract GL3, and the returning solo aggressive frame Hank and an Igneous Hammer. There are also rewards for players who do make it to the lighthouse and open the chest. These include the Hero's Wake Exotic Ghost Shell, the Valiant Memory Exotic Ship, the Survivor's Journey Exotic Sparrow, a new armor set, and the new Trial Shader, Bloodline Feud. Trials of Osiris Dominion is a 3v3 PvP high stakes game mode with a twist of a capture point. In Dominion, two teams of three go head to head in a battle for control of a capture point. Teams can either work together to capture the control point or eliminate the enemy team to win the round. Only available from Friday Reset until Tuesday Weekly Reset, Trials gives every player the chance to shelf their PvP skills to obtain some of Destiny's most sought after weapons and armor. Players that competing Trials of Osiris will have all of their games tracked through a passage card a ticket purchased from Saint-14 in the lower hangar of the tower. Winning rounds and matches in Trials of Osiris will grant exclusive weapons, armor, pinnacle gear, masterwork materials and even adept gear for the most skilled players who can reach the lighthouse with a flawless ticket of 7 games won and no losses. 5 round wins will bag you the match for your passage card. By competing in Trials you do have a chance to pick up 2 pinnacle engrams from playing each week, one from 50 round wins and the other from winning 7 games. These do not have to be done all in one go, but you do have to complete them before the weekly reset. That is amazing. And that's it for the first week of season 22. Guardian down. There we go. First week so in now, Destiny. We can now talk about this week in Destiny for the 17th of August. Of August? It is. It's August. Yeah. Shall we kick things August. off with Guardians from Maui, which is the Hawaii wildfire support? So we're skipping. Okay, let's, let's skip if we can skip. Well, no, we, from we, Maui, well, because you have like the. Well, we wait. Oh, that's just an overview. I see. What yeah, you're just saying. overview. Okay. Yeah, we don't need to. Yeah. Skip, yeah. So last week, devastating wildfires fueled by hurricane forces wind struck Hawaii, leaving a path of destruction unheard of in its wake across Maui and the islands of Hawaii. The historic town of Lahina has been reduced to ashes, with over a hundred lives lost, many more still unaccounted for, and thousands made homeless, and countless pieces of cherished history and culture erased overnight. Bungie say that, you know, their hearts go out to all of those communities and individuals and loved ones affected by this tragedy. So beginning today, the Bungie Foundation is launching the fundraising campaign to directly support and relief recovery efforts across Hawaii. So all profits will go directly to our longtime partner, Direct Relief, who is already delivering life-saving emergency medical kits and aiding in search and rescue operations. So Guardians can support the mission by purchasing a specially designed T-shirt made in a collaborative with Asian at Bungie. A local artist from Oai, Oai, I don't know the. Is it? This must be a Hawaiian name. Oai. A, a local artist from Oai, Oai. The the pronunciation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to say Oai, Oai. Uh, Bradley Evans, and all profits will go direct to direct relief. Oahu, uh, O A H U. Yeah, there you go. That's Oahu. Oahu, there you go. 
Yeah. Cool. I've learned something today. Uh, the shirt features a ghost set against the backdrop of um, Moran Carl, West Maui Mountains. I've no idea what that pronunciation is. I, I do apologize. Projecting a hologram of Maui. Uh, surrounding the hologram is Titilif, adorned with a, I'm guessing that's a Hawaiian flower. There's a lot of Hawaiian stuff there that I have no idea how to pronounce, and I do apologize that I am butchering it. But there oh, is. We a... do have one of our men on location, so maybe he can help us. Uh, when well, he comes back. He, yeah, when he's when he's back, yeah, maybe he's part of direct relief. Maybe he's, he's that. It's not really a holiday. Yeah, maybe that's he... why he's there. Yeah, yeah. He disguises it as a holiday because he's he's you know he doesn't want to show off. He doesn't want to brag. But in actuality, you know, he's there as part of the relief effort. Good hmm. for you, Parody. Good yeah. for you. So there there will be an emblem that comes with this once you purchase it. And the emblem will be delivered via email after September 5th. There is a link in the uh, TWAB, because I'm still going to call it a TWAB, uh, that you can click and to buy your T-shirt and emblem. Then we get a teaser for the teaser for the showcase. It's like a 15-second trailer, and it just shows us going into the void, into the great beyond. I'm sure that's a hunter. We send the hunters first. Right there, yeah, that's definitely a hunter. And if you do watch the showcase or tune into anybody that's partnered partnered with the showcase, you can earn a guardian emblem for Destiny Two. And don't forget, the showcase debuts on August twenty second, and it's um, offering the new silhouette emblem, as seen below. Very traveller esque with pyramids and circles. To be eligible, first you will need to make sure that your Twitch account is linked with your Destiny Two account in your Bungie.net profile. Then simply tune into any of the official Bungie Twitch channels. There are nine channels in total for different languages on August 22nd from 9am PT to 11.30 PT. Uh, and watch at least 30 minutes of the showcase to get the sweet, sweet celebratory loot. Um, for, for more information, please visit our Twitch Drops Help article. And uh, as I was listening to like the other like DCP and that, they have selected other kind of people to be part of this. So if you tune into Miss 5000 Watts, or I think Fallout was another person that she mentioned that if you tune into their channel, they're also offering, if you watch it along with them, you can get the emblem as well. So there are other places that you can kind of watch it to get the emblem, which is cool. Next, we have one heck of a ride, Guardians. All endings are beginnings. And as we inch closer to the conclusion of the epic light and dark saga that they've immersed throughout the years, here's a look back at the history thus far and the Guardians that have made Destiny community feel like home. From saying farewell to beloved characters to digging deep within ourselves to find the strength we never knew that was there, venturing into the history of Destiny and preparing for what lies ahead with this new Epic Moments trailer. So there's also that we will link in our show notes. Oh, and you can say hi to Amaru, if, if you like. It's a nice little picture of Amaru having a chat with Ikora. But... Season 22 pre-game edition, what you may have missed. So, Exotic Mission Rotator, a new home for Exotic Missions, which we do know about, which next week is the Presage. They have clarified that they will be starting with the Presage. We've gone over what's changing with abilities and armor and the weapons and the economy changes. Changes coming with the PvP, with respawn changes, competitive matches and more. Uh, the mid-August state of the game, which we kind of covered. New PvP map, security changes, seasonal structure, and quality of life updates. So we've done that. K6. Yo. 
Looking back at our heroic defender of puppies and chases. Kate Six stole our hearts in the original story of Destiny and then crushed our souls later when his flourished exit stage left during the Forsaken expansion. Now that our sassy hero is seen on screen once more, we want to hear your favorite memories of the tower's res resident funny guy. Dig deep into that nostalgia, friends, and share some of our favorite, some of your favorite K6 moments in the journey leading up to the final shape. Was there something you'll love to hear old K talk about? A uh, favorite quote? How about some creative cosplayer Cade fan art that would make Ace proud? Share it all by tagging an official Bungie channels and the at Destiny 2 team account. We'll always take an excuse to rave about the man that has a motto we can all get behind. I mean, if Vanessa says do it for the puppies, then you do it for the dang puppies, okay? Oh, and before you move on to some weapons, dog, just one last question. You know, for Cade, how's your sister? Now, can we move on? That was a great moment, right? I that, wouldn't say it's that, my that favorite, was... but that was that all. Oh, even even on the way out, just get your rock off my map. Yeah. <laughs> Funny guy, but serious at that point. Oh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> you stole Eris' ship. I didn't steal. I borrowed. borrowed. <laughs> and then it blew up. <laughs> but we, we, we've talked about the developer insight for the weapon, so we can skip over that because it was yeah, 6,000 yeah. words that we probably went a lot longer than 6,000 words because mm. we did lots of talking. And we have a special delivery. We do. Did you know that? Another detail you'll note coming in Season 22 is a new special deliveries kiosk located at the tower. This new addition is an easy-to-access vendor that players can interact with when chatting up Master Raul and Banshee44. Deliveries you can expect to snack from this vendor include rewards like Bungie Foundation incentives and Twitch drops, Bungie rewards, digital deluxe and collector's edition loot, secret stash items, pre-order bonuses, and more. I, I don't think secret stash was a thing now that Kate is gone. Oh, well, if he's no, going back, the, maybe that comes back too. No, but the secret stash is something that you got if you purchase the collector's edition of Lightfall. If you go to oh, Rahul in the Tower, each yeah, season yeah, yeah, he gives yeah. you a kind of secret stash of stuff. Yeah. So they they're just removing all the stuff that you could get with Amanda that they dumped on Rahul for that time period, and now mm. it's just this is robot Amanda. That's very rude. Just dumping. Saying what it is. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Those games. Get those games. We're almost at the end of the season, which means there's a limited amount of time to run through anything you may need to wrap up before we arrive at the next part of the Destiny Two story. Just like usual, reputation gains are active for the rituals all week. If you need a little help, just picture Shaxx yelling victoriously in your ear. Works every time. Now, Bungie, I have a, I say this every couple of times, don't I? And you, please, somebody at Bungie, please listen to me. When you put out that pop-up on a Friday of the week prior to say this is what's happening next week in Destiny, when you say oh, this is the Nightfall, these are the Crucible Rotators, this is the dungeon. Could you please, if you're going to have a double XP week, or it's going to be something special in the game, I'm sure it doesn't take somebody a couple of seconds to write out that it's going to be double XP across all playlists next week. Because putting this in a TWAB on a Thursday of a week that I know we've got like two or three days into it, people you know may have already signed off but they may still check out videos or see that 
pop up on a Friday via other means, people aren't going to know about it or may have made other plans. So please tell us ahead of time. I mean, I roughly they have made other plans, wife drags us into things we don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, in the tracking of the way that we do in, in Destiny 2, we know it's normally the last week of the season is double XP across all playlists. And in the videos that I put out last week, I did say it should be double XP across all plays. And I was quite glad that I got it right. And the previous week, I said it should be double XP in trials, even though they didn't tell you at the beginning of the week, they waited to the Friday. And it wasn't, again, on the pop-up that came up on the Friday. It was just kind of a guess and hope that it's going to happen. And one thing that is confusing me this week, Bungie, is that currently, this week that we're currently in, the last Wish Raid and the uh, duality dungeon are the featured raid and dungeon for the week. Now, on the pop-up that came out yesterday for what's happening next week in Destiny, it told us that the Lightblade, which is a strike that is available this season in the Grandmaster list, is going to be the first one that's playable in Season 22. Fine, okay, you've done that before. You then went on and said the Last Wish and the duality are the raid and the dungeon next week as well as the same crucible modes that are up this week so this week i believe that we have i think it's momentum control and rift i can't remember off the top of my head but whatever the game modes are this week you said that they're going to be next week now either you've got that wrong or you've got it right but it just it just it's going to be weird for people playing last wish this week and then go oh what's the raid next week oh it should be garden next week in the rotation last push again <laughs> yeah, last push again but just please tell us that you know it's it's, it's confusing so i do apologize anybody that's watched the videos it it's not me it's bungie bungie have put out this and if it's wrong it's on bungie's hands yeah i don't really think they care <laughs> <laughs> bungie i mean I, I don't think they do but seeing as our player support report player is not here mr perotti one of us is going to have to tell you that stuff is broken, as um, our good friend <laughs> likes to say. All right, where's that? Uh, where is that? No issues right there? That's it? Well, there is an update to the 7.2.0 release schedule that we need to tell people about. Next Tuesday... That would be August 22, 2023. Destiny 2 Update 7.2.0 will be released. View our Destiny server and update status page for maintenance times, but here's an overview of the timeline. All times are Pacific. You have 6 a.m. Maintenance begins. 7.15. Destiny is brought offline. 10 a.m. Destiny will be brought back online. Update 7.2.0 will be playable on all platforms and regions. And at 11am, Destiny 2 maintenance is scheduled to complete. For more information, please visit our Destiny server and update status help article. Yes. Last chance for Bungie rewards! So... For those of you that don't know, as the season of the deep ends, so does the ability to earn certain Bungie rewards. This is the link. Let's find out what it goes to. It goes to a blank page. That's excellent. Cool. Players looking to earn the following Bungie rewards should complete the associated in-game achievements 
before they're earned by deadlines by August 22, 2023. Here's the rewards page. Okay, what do we have here? Nothing is helpful there. Excellent. So, you have to complete your exotic angler pin set, aquanaut title pin, ghost of the deep dungeon pin, ghost of the deep dungeon hoodie, and ghoul dungeon title pin. So, if you don't have those done by August 20, 2023, you can get them! <laughs> For specific earned by and purchased by deadlines for each item listed, please see the Bungie Rewards page. And, last but not least, because it's not last, but it's pretty least, we have end of season reminders. As we approach the end of the season of the deep, players should make sure to claim all engrams and other rewards before the new season begins. Any rewards not claimed from non-seasonal vendors will be removed at the beginning of the next season. Players should ensure that they have collected any earned but unclaimed rewards from their previous season pass page for Season of the Defiance. Previous season pass rewards can only be claimed up to one season after includes- That's true! There is a tool that lets you go all the way back to the beginning to collect all of your things! I don't remember the name of the tool, but I'm sure Parody or Night Demon can fill that part in right about here. Cool. Um, previous season pass rewards can only be claimed towards the other Once we transfer into season 22, August 22nd, 2023, and the previous season's pass page will be updated for Season of the Deep Rewards. Yes, you that can't... That being said... You, you won't be able to collect anything from Season to Defiance. Right. Well, you can. There is a tool, like I was saying earlier. Well, I thought there was, um, but I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think maybe that and There might... absolutely is, and I've used it to go all the way back to Season 1 and collect like 80 items that I didn't know I hadn't collected on, t on my Titan and my Warlock. Uh, but yeah, there there's a tool that lets you go back way further. Oh, hold on. We have real-time update. Uh, Scratch Reflex says the extension tool that I was referring to no longer works there you go so i take it back you take or rather it i just exclude this whole thing from editing okay. <laughs> uh okay we have known issues while we continue to investigate various known issues here's a list of the latest issues that were reported to us in our hashtag help form certain honored centurions in the gilded precept lost sector are abnormally bright yeah we knew about that one Okay, uh, Scratch Reflex says there's another workaround, but it requires a little more setup. Further details to come, maybe? Uh, the Compass Rose Shotgun is missing from collections! It's not that you can't collect it, it's not even there! And the Lord of Wolves Exotic Shotgun is missing a hipfire reticule. Because why would you need it with the Lord of Wolves? For a full list of emergent issues in Destiny 2, check our known issues article. Players who observe other issues should report them to our hashtag help forum. Now, we have videos. We, do. we have movies of the week. We have Guardians oh, dressed as Barbie. We have art of the week. Oh, that's not bad. I, so I feel the, that Parody missed out on Hi Barbie as he's gone on holiday. <laughs> Um, that art though is pretty good. It's got uh, uh, it's a black and white hand drawing 
of Zavala in the middle. And on the right and left sides, it's got his previous voice actor and his new voice actor. So it shows the two voice actors who play Zavala. And Lance it, it looks and pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's another one with a Titan Fishing. That's it. Just a Titan Fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's yeah. it for, the, for our twelve. Oh, they, they're, they're still pressing on with this Twids rubbish. But yeah, we, there's a couple more sleeps for us to go to the showcase. I'm I'm really excited to sit down and watch that. It's on my calendar. I've told the family that they're not to disturb me. This is Destiny Day. Which it's, means they absolutely were. Oh yeah, they me. absolutely were. But I, I've told <laughs> them it's it's on the calendar. They cannot disturb me. If, if it's on the calendar, that's my day. Uh-huh. I'll pay I mean, for it in the days I mean, after nothing, that. But, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Family's gonna bug you and family yeah. bugs you. I mean, my family's done. I do a podcast every Saturday. Does not stop them from kicking the door in and yelling all the time, does it? Nope. As of right now, I am able to go back to the season of the Risen to claim rewards. Was originally arrivals, but I claimed everything from it. Oh, okay. Is oh, so- that with the old tool that doesn't work or the new tool that you said needs further setup? And if it is the new tool that needs further setup, do you have a link, sir? That we could stick in our show notes. Yes. Would much appreciate. There you go. Mr. Scratch Reflex is is live reporting and, and giving us feedback on this link that we may be able to go back further than the one season. Which is always helpful. It is. But we'll see if, if he has that information. But while he's doing that, Bungie, yesterday, August 18th, dropped an artifact preview. So this is the perks that are going to be available in the artifact. So in Season 22, the armor team wants to push the boundaries of how seasonal artifacts can enable you to customize your playstyle every season, unlocking more moment-to-moment gameplay decisions and new build possibilities. Oh. So inspired by the success of Strand Tangles, the team worked hard to develop a new sandbox feature we've dubbed Elemental Orbs. A new set of artifact perks will allow players to create these orbs when they defeat enemies with arc, solar, or void weapons. Elemental Orbs can be picked up by any player and thrown to create an elemental aligned explosion that jolts, scorches, or applies volatile depending on the elements of the orb. Certain perks deeper in the artifact also have variation behaviours that trigger off the orbs and strand tangles, including one that rewards you when allies steal or borrow the ones you made. Steal is a good word. They absolutely steal my stuff. So, next season we will have Anti-Barrier Auto Rifle, does what it says on the tin. Arc and Strand Siphon combo. So these are the ones uh, that like combine the Arc and Strand Siphon mods into one. The Thanatok? Yeah. Tantonics. That's where we're going to go with. Tantonic Tangles. Strand weapon final blows have a chance to generate tangles. Overload machine guns. Uninterrupted fire from your equipped machine gun stuns unshielded combatants, delaying ability regeneration and lower combatants' damage output. Strong against overload champions. Additionally, machine guns are always overcharged when that modifier is active. Ooh. And a monochromatic maestrum. So this is a returning one. Dealing elemental ability damage increases matching weapon damage and elemental weapon damage increases matching ability damage. Bonus granted is 10% for 5 seconds. Okay, cool. Piercing Bowstring, another returning one. Bows gaining piercing arrows by bypassing combatants' defences. Strong against barrier champions. And additionally, bows are always overcharged when that modifier is active. Solar and Strand Siphon combo, which combines Solar and Strand Siphon mods into one. 
Origin Perk Specialization 2, Weapons with Head Rush, Nanotech Tracer Rockets, Unsated Hunger, and Redacted. Origin traits are always overcharged when that modifier is active. Elemental Fury. While stunned champions take bonus damage from your abilities and elemental orb damage. Rapid precision hits made from long range weaken the target. And then we have Unstoppable Scout Rifle. Aiming down sights of a scout rifle for a short time loads a powerful explosion payload that stuns unshielded combatants. Strong against Unstoppable Champions. Void and Strand Siphon Combo, which combines Void and Strand. Elemental Why orb. is Unstoppable always the odd man out, right? All the other ones, you just need to shoot. I know. But Unstoppable, you have to stop, you it's have like to yeah. load, and it has to... Pr- you have to ADF Why? Yeah. It, Why is that going to be the odd man out? Because that's the way it works. Don't all argue with it. No, that is... that is No, it's not. A word that, that is synonymous with an extreme version of stupid that begins with R. Okay? Yeah. Elemental Orb Void... Whilst using Void subclass, Void Final Weapon Blows have a chance to spawn Void Elemental Orbs. Void Orbs can be thrown to create Void Explosions that make enemies uh, it da- damages volatile. Uh, communal Pickup. When an ally destroys or picks up your Tangle or Elemental Orb, the Tangle cooldown is reduced by 5 seconds, and you gain bonus damage with the weapon matching the subclass for 10 seconds. And Elemental Embrace. Subclass Element Buffs grant you bonus recovery and damage resistance against combatant attacks of the matching elements type. Overload hand cannon. Landing consecutive hits with a hand cannon. You are wielding disrupt combatants, stunning them and delaying ability energy regeneration and lowering combatant damage output. Strong against overload champions. Origin perk specialization one. Greatly improves the benefit provided by head rush, nanotech trace rockets, unsated hunger, and redacted origin traits. Elemental orbs arc. Again, while using arc subclass, arc weapon final blow have a chance to spawn arc elemental orbs. And you can throw them, and they create an arc explosion that jolts targets it damages. Uh, refreshing pickup, picking up a tangle or elemental orb grants energy to your least powered ability. Elemental munitions, combatant final blows with tangle or elemental orbs have a chance to drop special or heavy ammo. And then we have unstoppable fusion, aiming down sights for a brief period with fusion rifles you are wielding. Load a powerful explosion payload that stuns unshielded champions, strong against unstoppable champions. Diviner's Discount, all scavenger mods are discounted. Uh, Elemental Orb Solar, so again, solar orbs and things with solar weapons and subclass equipped will create solar elemental orbs that when you throw them, they scorch targets, it damages. Semi-Auto Striker, if you have fewer than two stacks of armor charge, rapid precision shots with bows, snipers and scout rifles generate armor charge. And Frenzied Stacks, your armor charge grants bonus damage to your thrown tangles or elemental orbs. Your armor charge now decays over time. That's a lot of information this week. A smidge. You know what? I'm well, gonna because you combined it though. Yeah, this is the whole week. This isn't just a this, this is the whole week. You know yeah. what? I think next time that there's something like this, you and me go on holiday and leave him to do all of it. <laughs> He'll just get someone else to help him out, yeah. or that just won't be an episode, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that, uh, I think that is practically the end of the show i don't think we could cram any more information in there for well, you you got, you got your videos tips tricks builds, well guides. i mean there's only a couple of them that i've kind of thrown in as we've kind of gone along like uh like the cool guy one um and any of the trailer stuff any of the stuff from bungie so go and check those out because i'm not going to bombard you with builds and things that could possibly change for next season or weapons that might be coming up next season we've kind of there's going to be plenty of stuff to dive into for next week. So 
I'll have quite a lot of videos to probably go over and, and watch next week. So I'm going to leave it at that with everything. I'm then going to hand it over to Parody from last week because I'm sure he didn't send me the list of our patrons. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Parody, from last week to thank our patrons. If you too would like to get access to our secret Patreon Discord or just say, I enjoy these guys talking at me about this game obsessively for hours and hours every single week, you too could go to patreon.com slash TTAH and you can now threaten us with a good time like Zep Orbit can. You could join our Otter Dance troupe as Mellow Mally, BHS Nightcrawler, the Scarlet Cam, and the one and only T-Rex King, who I'm sure is sitting in the Twitch channel right now, being very thankful that Respawn is back to bring him all the live game, all the live podcast this week. You too could throw more grenades, like Carver2782, Golden God1562, Basically Salt, Zombie Pops, Renard Kalant, or the one and only Noble, who is here with us this week. Not just throwing grenades, also throwing good opinions out at us. And finally, we have Deacon's Day One Ray team that she is painstakingly prepared and put together, consisting of PP Pipe, Dimwee, The Drifters Driftwood, Space Coin, and Damn House. There you go. Also, we have a, a live reaction from a, one of our audience says, he has a theory that sometime before the final shape, we're going to be back on Mercury to deal with Brother Vance stuff. So, evil, evil Vance. Yeah. Does he work uh, for Bob Vance? Is that this coming season and the, the next season before the, the final shape? So we'll see whether or not he's right. If he's got the inside scoop, if he's you know, the tarot cards have not misled him. Right? Yeah. Does he work for Bob Vance, though? Do you? No, you. Brother Vance. Does he work for I Bob got Vance? It. Yeah. Yeah, I got <laughs> it. So, yeah. I was about to say something, and then I was just like, you butthole. That is, that, is, that is the end of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in and downloading and listening to us. And you know, because you are here, there are many ways to listen to this fabulous show. And it's not just me and the amazing respawn. There is normally a third wheel, and and Perry does bring some stuff. Something, to yeah, yeah. He, he brings the end of the show together. He 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 corrals us. <laughs> he tells you the Patreon stuff, and then he he right. gives you an outro. So I can't do the outro that well. So again, if I'm lazy, I'm just going to put his outro from last week in now. But. Because you, you're already here, you're Me, listening to this. You know all the fabulous yeah. ways to actually get this in your ear holes or watch us on YouTube and things like that. You know, there's there's all the TikToks, there's the, the YouTubes, there's yeah, all the places you know because you're already here. But what you don't know, or what other people don't know, is they they haven't heard us. So th- this is this is what we need you to do. This is like a pyramid scheme. To get out of the pyramid scheme. So to stop listening to us, you're not allowed to listen to us until you've got at least 10 listeners from that you know to listen to us. <laughs> so this is your only way out of it. So you have to tell them what parody tells you at the end of the show, where to find that, where, where, where you can find this fabulous show. So all the, all the great places. So yeah, that's, that's the only way to actually stop listening to us. You can't just kind of unsubscribe at any point. You have to get other 10 other listeners before you are eligible to leave. And then I think if you stay for more, was it more than a year? You have to then get another 10 or maybe it goes up to 20 or a hundred. Oh, I forget the rules. There are rules, honestly. All right, guys, don't worry. He's scaring me too. It's not just you. All right. I'm not a part of this. <laughs> you are. You've been, you've been here look, since day one. You're a part of this. 
well, you can't I get mean, out of it. So again, yeah, if I'm if I'm lazy right. and because respawn's not going to do it, we hand it back over to Parody to close the show from last week. That is this oh, week. So I think this is where I say thank you for joining us. Your titans are no longer your warlocks. Our Parody and Night Demon. Your hunter master rager is no one responds in real life. You can email the show at two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you type two titans and a hunter into a search box. You'll find us. I believe in you. Or if not, two titans and a hunter.com. That'll get you there. Follow us on YouTube for every new episode, weekly update, and live streams. What Shade of One has in store for you? Uh, you can follow us on TikTok, which exists at, um, I'm going to say search two titans and a hunter on TikTok and you will find us. Because again, we are everywhere you want us to be. If you want to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash T-T-A-H. If you just want to have a little, you know, lo-fi casual encounter, coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash two titans and a hunter. If you want the live thrill of spicy language and all the action you can take, and oftentimes live shows on Saturday mornings, but not every time, twitch.tv slash no one responds in real life. If you want to figure out what exactly the British school schedule is, and you're in the U.S. and you want to get up early in the morning, or if you're in lovely England land or Europe, and you say, early mid-morning sounds good, twitch.tv slash two tents and a hunter, where the lovely night demon streams and helps people through things. So if you're trying to get through a thing, and you're like, I would like British Dad to take me through that thing, which is really how all of us see him, twitch.tv slash two titans and a hunter. And, you know, hit the buttons there. It'll tell you when people go live. Because while we have aspirations, we are all tired, working, professional people. And, uh, you know, it doesn't always happen. Because while we used to say we are not streamers or YouTubers, which now we are streamers and YouTubers both, not professionally. So we do our best each and every week to bring you all the news, all the information, and I think we've done that. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We're sorry about last week being all funky and whatnot. We're going to try the best we can to make sure it doesn't happen again this week. So, again, we apologize. I don't know what that it's is. It's not us that does it. It's how it's compiled on some of these freaking uh, on some of these websites. And if you have chapters, it gets all squiggly bobbly. And, yes, that is a technical term. And, no, you can't borrow it. But, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to make sure it doesn't happen again. No promises, but either way, download the show, listen to us, hang out with us, spend time with us, spend money on us. Stop going over the same. Uh, we just need to say goodbye. <laughs> and and yeah, deuces, deuces. Allons-y. Later, Gators. No, that's it. <laughs> I think Perry just yeah. says bye. Bye. Yeah. Perry. Bye. Destiny 2 Podcast. SMGs. They've corrected a long-standing visual bug that prevented RMP prevented the RMP stat from displaying the from displaying correctly. This does not change the actual R, RPM RMP. Where's so, RMP? That, that, oh, that, that's my um, dyslexia kicking in. So, oh, so does RPM. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, jeez.